How do you start a podcast? I don't know, man. Do we have anything prepared today? We no, but we did the awkward silence thing already. So you okay. have to you have to think of something else. All right. So how you been? That's how you start a podcast. Sure, why not? How you been? Yeah. Did we how you, you, you ever been out of the country? You, you ever been out of the country? Yeah, like twice. Was it Canada? Yes. One once to Canada. Uh-huh. I should say I've been in Canada more than once, but uh so like twice to Canada and then Mexico. Oh, three times. Sorry, I want to mm. cruise around the Caribbean to a bunch of places that are territories of countries. So the reason you know, like I, all those like British Virgin Islands and US yeah, Virgin Islands yeah, and yeah. Martinique, which I think is part of France. Martinique. So oh, yeah. I couldn't yeah. get around because everything was in French. Yeah. Well, in Canada, I mean, French. the reason I bring it up is because uh, you mentioned how are you doing? In Australia, they say, how are you going? How you, how you going? How are you going? By yeah. car. That's how I'm going. I'm, hey, man, I, that's, that's what I got. That's you know, I, I used got. to like Australia. Not am, I so, not am I so sure? How are you going? How are you going? They're directly from, like, like they they gained independence after us, right? They were part of, yeah, they were part of, like, England much longer than we were. Uh, no. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How you going? <laughs> How are you going? <laughs> like, I understand Americans have really bad English, but Most that? Americans. Yeah, well, it's true. Like, you walk anywhere around yeah. America, and the British people are just like, you just botched our language. But, was it the how you on? going? The Austra- I how mean, Australian going? people. How are you going? That's interesting. I feel like there's a lot of Australian phrases that are interesting, though, now that I think about it. Like, cheerio? What does that supposed to mean, man? Cheerio? That's not Australian. That's British. I feel like... That's also Australian. I feel like that's Australian. Cheerio? Cheerio. Mm-hmm. Right? Cheerio. Isn't that Australian? I don't know. I feel I like... No, I've, no, 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 no. You think of, like, a guy with a top hat saying cheerio. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I you're probably right. Yeah, but the, the reason I bring that up is because... When you are in Australia, okay, you're asking how are you going mm-hmm. because you're always going away from something. Because in Australia, everything's trying to kill you. <laughs> it's not wrong, dude. You know how many disgusting bugs there are in Australia? I, I feel like at least once a week, I learn of a new bug or creature that lives in Australia. That I'm just like, nope, nope. I wanted to go there, not anymore. Yeah, but like. You'd want to go there for like maybe Sydney. Yeah. And I'd go see Sydney's there. not really in the desert where there are going to be a bunch of bugs, I guess. I guess. But man, there's like, you ever seen like, you, you've seen the videos. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. This is only in Australia. Yeah. Why? What's going on in Australia? What's in the water down there? I like think it must bugs be, that are just like ginormous. Like the spiders there are it must like have been a like during, during the break of a breakup of Pangea. Okay. All of the evil bugs uh, were yeah. all in one area, and that just became Australia. And now they're just pissing people off left and right, man. Like, yeah. like I saw, I, there's a video of like this, I don't even know what it was. I was like, what is that thing? It looks like it's like a scorpion, but combined with like other things. And I'm just like, and they're just casually like, yeah, here we go. Here's this thing in my backyard. I'm like, burn it. Burn your house down. Start new. Start fresh. Maybe if I found that in my house, I'm sorry, it's gone. 
maybe that's why most of Australia is desert. It wasn't yeah. desert before. Yeah. Because if you look at like the countries that are around her, like tropical paradises, right? Right. Um, even though like the uh, Philippines are, are are up there, right? And yeah, right. That's right. Philippines. Yeah, Philippines <laughs> and uh, yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand's pretty like diverse though. With yeah, their... yeah. So like, what happened is when the aliens came, and <laughs> <laughs> broke up Pangea. I learned this from Joe Rogan. That's all. Uh, no, no, no. So what happened was is uh, everybody figured out that there are these evil bugs everywhere. So they just burned most of Australia. That's probably what happened. And then they've and then they fled to the outsides of Australia, like closer to the oceans. Yeah. Where like Sydney was. And they're like, oh, this is the only safe space from all of every evil thing in the world. Also like kangaroos there. Like I thought kangaroos were like just whatever creatures, you know, just hopping around, enjoying like that's what you think about as a kid, right? Like yeah. kangaroos are just hopping. They're enjoying they're like they're really mean. Yeah, like hang- kangaroos like are really mean. Like they're they're like deer here. If deer could kick people <laughs> and fight people, <laughs> like the like deer are terrified of humans, right? Like they they look at you, they're like, "We're gone." Yeah, you're gonna shoot me. Yeah, like kangaroos are like, "Bring it on." Kangaroos are like if deer fought back. <laughs> That's terrifying, dude. <laughs> I have a family of deer that like live in my backyard in the winter. It's adorable. And if it was all, yeah, it's pretty cute actually. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's there's like six of them. Mm-hmm. One day there was four, and I got really concerned that two of them died because it was around hunting season. But then they came back. I'm like, oh thank god. Uh, not that I'm like against hunting or anything, but they're cute. They're cute little deer. You know, come around. I haven't seen them in a while, but I don't know. Maybe they're out, out and about. But if that was a family of kangaroos, I'd be screwed, man. I would I would leave my house in fear every day <laughs> that that thing's just gonna be by my garage door. Like, let's go. This is my house now. I am the captain. I, <laughs> Straight out. Of, what is that movie? Captain Phil? Uh, I'm the captain now. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. One. Um, is it, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to kill a kangaroo in Australia too no, because it's yeah. like their state bird or whatever. No, I think it is. I state think it's bird. legal. I think they can do it. State mammal. <laughs> state bird. State animal. State <laughs> I think, an, state I think they can do it. That's the point. Can like, you? There's so many of them. They're just like, yeah, kill them, whatever. Can you eat kangaroo though? I don't know if you can eat it. I mean, you can eat anything, right? Like, you can eat kangaroo. No, you can't. You can't actually eat anything. I was just asking the other day. Um, we had one of our, we had a couple of people over for board games. Um, and I I asked, like, what birds are, is it illegal for you to eat? Oh, so, like, of okay. course, you think of, like, bald eagles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, I'm like, okay, illegal. but, like, if I'm driving down the road and there's a dead bald eagle on the side of the road, like, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Can I, like... I mean, you like, know? here's the thing. No, you Try shouldn't. Some, make some freedom fries. But, like, I mean, like, if you get caught, it's illegal. Yeah, but I want to know why would it be illegal? The bird's dead. I don't know. That's a good question. You know? It's a good question. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I don't know if you'd want to eat it, I don't think it would taste good. I don't think it would either, but I would try, like, in this situation, I would try kangaroos. Oh, I would too. You know? Yeah, sure. I'd, I'll eat anything once. That's good. Yeah, I'll eat anything once, you know, just to say I've tried it and then be like, uh, if I like it or, you know, I'll continue to. If I don't like it, I won't eat it. Were you picky picky eater then growing up or? Um, growing up, I mean, you know, I was a classic, like, like the hot dogs and ketchup kind of kid. That's Mac correct. and cheese, right? Yeah. Like every kid likes them, but yeah. I'm not that picky. Like there's a couple things I don't like, 
but I'll, like I said, I'll I'll try everything once. It's good. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, yeah, habit to habit to have, especially in your you know as you're getting older. Yeah, you know you start adventuring a little bit in your palate and start adventuring a little bit with what you can make. Yeah, you guys eat really healthy though, so we try to. Yeah, I don't like Come away uh, from those seed oils or lobster. And, yeah, yeah, good old bad canola oil for you. Yeah, I I don't uh, we don't use that anymore since you uh, had that conversation with us. Yeah, a little health facts with John. Don't eat canola oil. It's not heart healthy. The label says it is, but it's not. So <laughs> <laughs> they they buy that label. Fun fact. <laughs> it's not actually heart healthy. So well, what does that mean? Heart you just buy, no 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 they they buy the label. Yeah, they like buy the right to say like heart healthy, but there's no evidence that shows it's heart healthy for you. In fact, the evidence shows it's not heart healthy. It's like natural. Like there's like you can slap natural in anything. Natural when it comes to food doesn't mean anything. Like you can be like natural sugar. Like okay, yeah, that doesn't mean it's good for you. You know, like natural and you know natural anything. Natural just has to be like one percent natural in the flavoring to be deemed natural. What does that even mean that it's natural though? <clears throat> that like it's slightly derived by nature. That is not artificial. Isn't everything per- slightly derived from nature? Correct. That's the point. Oh. Is like you can put natural on sure. anything and then just make a lot of money with selling it as healthy, but sure. it's not. For some reason, people think natural is healthy, which like, yes, I mean, like, true yeah, natural I mean. is healthy. But like, <laughs> look at this n- natural chocolate bar. Like, no, I don't think it's healthy for you. I just think it's as natural because sugar is, yes, natural. Yeah. Most chocolate bars have a ridiculous amount of mercury in them. I did not know that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Good stuff. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what magazine mercury. this is from, but and I don't know why. I, I have no idea why we get Time Magazine. You, we you never get, you get we never subscribed what for Time Magazine. Yeah. I've gotten a letter in the mail three times now that says, "Urgent, your Time subscription <laughs> is going to expire." I'm like, "Great, I don't want it. Like, I don't have it." And then it it keeps <laughs> coming. I get I get Handyman like Family Handyman. You yeah, that's that? way. I'll trade you. Yeah, we want to like swap. You want to swap? I'll give you Time like, Magazine. You can read that. No, I'll read my handyman, and then I'll get it to you. And then you read your Time. You get. I don't. We don't it. read. I don't okay. read Time. I'll read Time every once in a while. There's some good stuff. Read Time. <laughs> I look at the cover. I'm like, yeah, I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> yeah, like, I already. I already can write the article in my head. I know what's going on. <laughs> um, but I don't know if it was that. It might have been like, I don't know. Maybe it was Time. I'm just gonna say it's Time. Why not? Nobody's fact checking me. <laughs> But um, Elizabeth had seen like they were ranking chocolate bars based on the amount of mercury and mm. like other metals like that really were concerning. in yeah they're in the chocolate. So like most candy, most chocolate bars you would find in a store, ridiculous amount of metals in them. Like it's not good for you. Nice, good, <laughs> good. And then like even even some of the more expensive stuff, like you think of like. Ghirardelli, yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, Ghirardelli. Like they have one version specifically that the like metal amount in it is at a, and I'm using air quotes, an acceptable level. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And they get like metals in some capacity are right. a good thing. Yeah, to have like your body. Like yeah, pistachios sure. have like copper in there. Yeah, yeah. Some some and metals that, are good. And it's fine. But when I'm eating chocolate. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm and I try to not because I don't really like sweet things and sure. sugar's not great for you. But I don't want to think about mercury. Yeah. The good old HG when I'm <laughs> eat, trying to look for a dessert. Right. Um, mm. I love this chocolate with the side of mercury. And now that I think about it, Loki, I think it was that article was actually written by a husband who was trying to make sure that his wife stopped by chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what can, I, what can I just make up? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I believe it. I mean, there's maybe like it was a consumer classic reports. and everything nowadays. So. It was consumer reports. Consumer, I, I I whatever. That. Better I consumer. I, yeah, I think I'd maybe buy that. I'm gonna just attribute it to Time. There you go. Time is a magazine. <laughs> yeah. So well, if anyone's anyway. a free Time magazine, just let. Yeah, let Cameron uh, know, uh, man. I was gonna say, don't give away my address. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna give away your address, but just it's just an email, and Cameron will be like, "Hey, here you go." I actually think everybody that listens to this knows where I live, so <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably fine. <laughs> um, so we're we're joined actually by someone. Who, oh, actually, you do know where I live, so we're joined by Stephen. <laughs> like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Stephen DeCamp is with us today. That's how you say it, right? Yep. It's not DeCampe no, or something. You're all good. Stephen yeah. DeCamp. Um, you know, and now that I think about it, you've actually been in my house, so you actually know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing man pretty good how about you it, it, it's good it's good to it's good to see you steven's super flexible with us today yeah because uh i use a <laughs> i use a non-discriminate laptop that's not mine uh and is actually the parishes um and typically i text my wife and i'm like hey just leave it in your office whatever uh and then i get here and there it's not here yeah so i'm like dude what's going on with this so i get text her <laughs> like hey i think i think and i put the blame on myself right so i'm like i think i forgot to remind you to leave your laptop yeah you know uh and she teaches she teaches like fitness classes on tuesdays so i'm hoping to like get her i'm like hey can i like come get it i think she's at the gym and i'm like okay well she's not responding as so i'm calling her and she doesn't respond nobody in my family ever responds to my calls uh <laughs> and i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i come down here i tell steven okay i gotta go i gotta go get this laptop so i start heading towards the gym with the uh, the rehab center, yeah, uh, over on uh, the Harbor Town Center in the Harbor District, sure, sure. Uh, over by like south side of the, south side of the of the city. And while I'm getting there, she's like, "Oh, I'm at Coles. Do you want to just meet me at whatever the the field is? She's going to go watch it. Uh, one of the, one of our kiddos play soccer, or whatever. Uh, so I'm like, "Great, awesome." And then like I pick up the laptop, it's all good. I'm like, "Great." I can get back. Like, we're not even going to be that late. So I'm like, I turn on to Washington. I'm like, great. This is going really well. I'm like making good time. And then I turn on A Street. Bridge is up. Yep. Classic. <laughs> and it wasn't even like a, the bridge is up. It was like the bridge was going up the second oh, I turned on to oh, A Street. Man. I'm like, why is the guy in front of me slowing down? What is it like? Is some old guy that doesn't know how to drive? And I look, I'm like, oh, bro. Bro. <laughs> you could have just been a guy that like, uh, wasn't there somebody last summer? Who just like risked it for the biscuit and got stuck? Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that in the news. There was somebody there was, like went through the barrier and it was like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh buddy, that's not gonna turn out. There well. was a there was an old guy who was walking on the bridge, what? not the bridge here. Okay, it, it was somewhere else. I think in the state, he was walking on the, one of those bridges, and like as he got towards the middle, the bridge started going. I'm oh like the gosh. bridge operator wasn't that's paying a big attention, fear and like yeah. he fell and he died. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah, because that goes up. Yeah, yeah. and you're not hang, hanging on anything. It's no. like you know, that's it's, it's vertical, still concrete yeah. walkway. Right. And he fell and he oh fell and died because he was an old guy, so he was like walking yeah. 
slowly. Mm-hmm. Like right. I'm assuming right when it started going, he like turned around and started to go. But like, yeah. how hey, fast man, can you go? How fast yeah. can you really go? Not fast enough. Yeah. So that's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It is sad. That's why like, you know, we have. I think we know the bridge operator, um, one of the guys that does the tower stuff. But vigilance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vigilance, yeah. <laughs> extra vigilance. So on that note, <laughs> yeah, Stephen, how you doing? Man? <laughs> so, well, that's super depressing note. Uh, yeah, see you. Yeah, okay. so uh, Stephen, what? Um, so you work for the parish. Yeah, you are. The, what is? It? I keep forgetting your title. I think I've said your title correctly once in the entire time that I've known you. Yeah, um, I think technically it's coordinator of liturgy and high school something. There's another word. I don't remember what the. <laughs> It's formation or education, religious ed, or I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I help out with high school things. (laughs) Um, Love it. Yeah. So so that's that's how I got to know Stephen. He he helps with Life Teen on Wednesdays. Oh, they're Life Teen kiddos. So liturgy. I mean, coordinator of liturgy. Those are some big shoes to fill. So I just think Deacon, um, Deacon Mark Knipp. Uh, was head of liturgy before he was moved, um, and you came in. So, uh, yeah. how do you like get? How do you get into? How do you get into that role? What does that look like? Um, well, I got the job because, like, I heard about the job because I know Father Jason from when I was in college, mm-hmm. and so he like called me up. I was like, I think you'd be a really good fit for this. I think you should apply for this. And I was reading it, and I was like, I don't know if I'm like, you have a lot of faith <laughs> in me and my knowledge of the mass, but okay. So I applied and went well, and here I am. So. Nice. So you went to Oshkosh. I did. UW, yeah. UW Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of other names for UW Oshkosh. I won't say them, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you know about them. <laughs> um, there's some ribbing from Stephen's point to Oshkosh. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, so let, let's let's get into kind of. Um, so you must have a degree, like in theology, right? Um, I'm finishing up a sacred music degree. Sacred music degree. Yeah. All right. Is that like one? Of, <laughs> that's a super specific. Is that a bachelor? Um, it's a, the master's is what I'm it's a master. So your bachelor's is in uh, music is in music. Okay. Cool. Oh, dude. Sick. So <laughs> music mm-hmm. to sacred music. Liturgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's let's kind of dive into um, to that. How did you get into music? What does that look like? Yeah. So um my dad's family is super musical. Nice. Um, my grandparents on that side were both music professors. Oh, cool. So um, it's kind of like if you have the name DeCamp, you play an instrument. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were the black sheep family and we played strings instead of everyone else playing winds. Okay. So, um, so I play cello. Um, that's oh, my, cool. my oh dude, is that is that the big one? Um, it's not quite the biggest one. Okay, my brother plays that, but that's the yeah. bass, right? The bass yep. is the biggest, and then it's like cello's next. Yep, right, exactly, yeah. right on. <laughs> yeah, do you ever see your high school musical? Um, no, no. There's a line in there that's like, I play the cello. Do you know that line? I don't. Know. Okay, all right. Well, if you ever watch it, there's a you can you can say that I play the cello. Anyways, high school musical. <laughs> Thanks, John. So, anyways, <laughs> no, I put okay, right. It was relevant. If you guys knew what I was talking about, neither of you have seen it. So, like, I feel like the black sheep now, man. <laughs> I've seen it. You guys, here's the it. relevance from this 15 year old yeah. movie that Zach Efron was in back when he had long hair and he wasn't weird. Hey, man, it was the start of his career. 
him and Vanessa and all the rest of them. So. You no, know, Vanessa Hudgens. What does she do? I don't know. <laughs> She's been in stuff, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Anyway, so you played the cello. Yep. When did you start? Like high school, grade uh, school? I started, started second grade. Oh my gosh! So. Was it bigger than you? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, they can get pretty small. Yeah. So they go off of how wide your hand is. So I luckily have large hands, and yeah. So okay. <laughs> so always play the cello. So you always been in music. Yep. Go to Oshkosh. Music career. Music. Yeah. <laughs> music. Well, yeah. I should say. <laughs> music uh, degree. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Started off. Um, with music and music performance and music education double majors. Cool. Um, which is typically like an eight-year, eight to six-year outlook, which was kind of bleak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I got, like, started getting this really strong call from God to be like, go and, like, work for the church in okay. some way, like, be a missionary. Yeah. And so um, I was like, okay, I'll say yes in a little way. And so I, like dropped education because that was where more of my classwork needed to be done. And I was sure. like, okay, <laughs> there, I dropped most of what I need to do to graduate. And then he was like, uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I dropped the performance emphasis and then I was able to graduate in like one more semester. All so. right, neat. And so uh, you said you felt this calling to be in, in ministry. What did that look like for you? And like, did you just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I feel called or What's, what does that look like? <laughs> um, a lot of me sitting in a chapel um, saying why um, or like I did already and just God always saying like, can you give a little more? Can you give a little more? Sure. Um, and it like started off real small. Like, can you like lead a Bible study? You know, like yeah. maybe like lead a rosary after mass, you know, um, and then just getting more and more comfortable with talking about my faith until um, it became more of what I was doing with my life. Okay. So neat, neat. So did you always, did you grow up Catholic then? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, my parents homeschooled me and my siblings. So okay. um, faith was always like right there, um, which was great. So neat, neat. Did you feel like, because I'm super interested in, in homeschooling, the more and more I yeah. <laughs> find out about public schools uh, and how they're not getting better. Uh, did you, how did, like, living in a in a community, like, you're living in your household mm-hmm. doing homeschooling. Did you have a, like, circle of friends or a group of friends? How was your socialization then? as a kid who was being homeschooled. Yeah. So from like elementary to middle school, there was a, a huge group of homeschool families. I think it was like 60 to 70 families that would get together. Oh, wow. No way. Um, we had a huge meeting like once a month mm-hmm. um, where you could do things. They had different themes. So like one day it was like animal month. And so you would like pick whatever you want and you would give a presentation. Okay. Um, that kind of a thing. So you could do like science reports and um, give reports in that sense and then there was also um like once weekly smaller meetings um but that was probably like 30 families as well um where you could go and spend some time with people so you still got to hang out with a bunch of other kids who was being homeschooled was that done by an organization or um just just moms just parents just moms that's pretty cool just moms doing stuff yeah just like doing work moms decide and be like hey we're all homeschooling but also 
community is fun and, yeah. good, and good for our kids. So I like that idea, actually. Yeah. So thing. Um, and then <laughs> cool. once we hit high school, though, um, high school often is very daunting for a lot of parents. Yeah. Um, so it was there were only two other families then by the time I was in high school. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So it, it shrunk a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's the what's the reason for that? Burnout uh, from the burnout from the parents or 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 does the subject matter get too high? Um, I think that there's there's a lot of from what I can understand from what I experience in talking to other families is that there's this fear of like failing oh, your okay. child. Sure. Like yeah. you want them to do well. You want them to go to college or like go to trade school or something. Yeah. And you're worried that if they don't go to an actual school that then they won't have what they need. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I could, I could get that fear, you yeah. know, like, Oh man, if they don't turn out well, it's my fault. <laughs> so, Cause like, I mean like middle school, grade school, like it, it matters, but like, it's not like anybody nowadays is like bragging about winning the class spelling bee in third grade. You know, like it's, it, yeah. you know, it, it didn't really matter a whole lot probably. But yeah, I get the 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 weight of high school mm-hmm. uh, is a lot more determinant of your future, I mm-hmm. guess, than yeah. second grade. From my yeah. <laughs> from my like experience, though, of, of students, friends of mine, people I knew mm-hmm. in college that were homeschooled far and away smarter than everybody else oh, I, in yeah. the room. So <laughs> not really going to put your parents on the spot, but like, so you go to high, you went to high school then um, or not. I went to high school for music ensemble classes. So, okay. Um, so, you, okay. So you yeah, still got sense. like, yeah. Um, we, Elizabeth and I chat about that too, where, you know, at some point, you know, could they take a set, a subset of classes like taught by yeah. an actual teacher because like she could teach a lot of the English and we could teach a lot of the history and we could obviously teach the math but there's some subjects where like I wouldn't feel comfortable um yeah so yeah. but did you find that you were uh better prepared amongst students that went to public school throughout or I'm assuming you went to a private school then um, it was a, it was a public high school. Oh, it was a public. So yeah. did you find did you find that you were better prepared or what what is that what is that what is your relationship with those kids look like when you get to a public school then? Yeah, I think it was when I was when we went into those classes. Um, so I took orchestra and then I also took um, music theory, which was an elective they added. Um, it was harder. To like connect with them because they already had their friends and they'd been in right. classes together the whole time um and i was only there for that one hour but uh, it was um it was good um i mean i was because my parents had prioritized music in my life as well um i was more um more advanced in that sense i guess mm-hmm. to answer that half of your question um but i think that there were there was a lot of areas to grow in like being plunged into a room full of strangers mm-hmm. and learning that sense versus like um, having people that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. I actually had a friend in, in high school who kind of did almost like uh, she she did public school to eighth grade and freshman year, and then un- really unfortunately and very sadly her mom got like very advanced cancer, mm. and so 
like that she needed a ton of treatments for, but her dad was working, so she had actually been homeschooled from sophomore year on. But she still took, like you said, like music, like she did choir, and then um, we had Broadway Company, which is like a performing group class mm-hmm. slash extracurricular. But um, yeah, so that's I. I almost like want to like like compare the two, like how going from like public school and then to homeschool and then like homeschool to like also taking public school classes and like mm-hmm. how daunting it would be the difference between the two like going from different experiences so but um so oh, what, what do you what do you, what's that what were you about to say what do you think of that model though so like public school as we know it uh relatively new in the in the grand scheme of things been right around for maybe a hundred years um, and I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think there are a lot of people in the country who would say like, oh yeah, public schools are doing really, really well. Those are working out really awesome. Keep throwing money at the problem. It's doing great. Um, and having worked in public school myself, uh, for six years, I got worse every single year. Um, so when I think of like a traditional model of people being taught things, you went to an expert who taught you the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I mean, even the disciples right. or the apostles yeah. went to Jesus yeah. to be taught by an expert. You know, right. they just happen to be lucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so like this, this where your basic education is covered by your family. Um, but then as you grow more advanced and then you find your strengths, you find your hobbies you find the things that you're interested in you can go to somebody who is an actual expert yeah Mm -hmm. did you feel like that worked out well for you do you have any reserve like do you hold back any reservations do you wish you had gone to public school earlier do you think you wish you were not homeschooled at all i mean i i loved being homeschooled mm -hmm. um i don't honestly like what, when I think about the times I went to the public school for those classes, I think that it was really helpful to kind of, like, appreciate being homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I could see the difference that I was able to get from, like, being one-on-one taught. Right. Mm-hmm. And also being able to um, prioritize. Like, I have a very vivid memory of, like, my mom sitting down and we did nothing else for a whole week i learned fractions because i could not get them Mm -hmm. she tried everything else she did with my older (laughs) sister and then nothing worked for me Mm -hmm. so we spent a whole week where she tried different methods of okay helping me to figure out how fractions worked Mm -hmm. um and so like at the end i was able to like get that um and then the other the other things that (laughs) um that i'm like were easier for me to pick up um i could make up in that time that was spent diving into yeah, it. Yeah, that's kind of cool, actually, because it's like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes, because I went to public school all throughout grade school, high school, even college, so it's like a lot of things that like came really easy to me, so mm-hmm. it's super frustrating when we spent too much time on it. I was like, I don't like people not getting this, man. Like, and then there's some things that like maybe not didn't, didn't come as easy, so like for like fractions for you, where it's like mm-hmm. we sped through it, and I'm like, what? You know, like, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're stuck to what the teacher decides the mm-hmm. rest of the students mm-hmm. as a whole need to do. Yeah. I kind of like that. It's the fault of the universal learning by or right. universal design by learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, UDL, I think it's called. Right. Teachers love acronyms. <laughs> um, 
Well, the idea is that everybody can be taught in the general classroom. The problem behind that is that wherever there are gaps, you need something to fill in the gaps. And mm -hmm. instead of, especially in something like mathematics, where if you hit a roadblock, that roadblock needs to get, you need to get over it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you can't get to anything else without basic concepts of fundamental counting, numerology, understanding mm -hmm. what numbers are or how to work with them. You're, you're a basic algebra. Um, I always, I always get frustrated when people say like, Oh, the math, the, and this is true to a point where most of the math that you learn in a public school curriculum, you're never going to use again um, specifically. But, the overarching concepts of something like algebra are the building oh, blocks sure. mm -hmm. for every other branch of non-theoretical but computational mathematics. Mm -hmm. yeah. You need algebra all over the place in computational mathematics. Non-theoretical math. Theoretical math is its own disgusting beast of itself, <laughs> <laughs> which I love dearly, but algebra doesn't really help you right. in, in no. you know, number theory. or right. you know, yeah, kind of Not really, though. Or like fields, or like these abstract ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so I, <laughs> I always get frustrated with that. But it is nice that you hit this roadblock, and it's like, well, well, instead of forcing you to continue to learn these other things, while also trying to fill in the gap, let's stop. You're gonna, we're just gonna do this till you, till you pick up on it. Yeah. Um, was there anything else that you like ran into that kind of roadblock with? Maybe not in specifically math. Maybe like a. Uh, bubbles or something um later on in music because i'm such sure. a visual learner sure. oh, yeah. and music is not visual at all mm. i mean it can be if you like i don't know have synesthesia or something uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no that's the thing yeah <laughs> um but like playing cello it's called like a non-fixed pitch instrument which means that basically like you can just slide your finger anywhere on the string and find a pitch somewhere right um versus like a piano where it's like that's a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like <clears throat> my professor was like working with me in college of like, no, you have to like, we're changing keys and we're like modulating and like, you have to go sharper here than this one. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you see this here? So um, taking the time to like learn how to connect my eyes to my ears. Mm -hmm. so, sure. Sure. With, uh, out of curiosity, so I do know that like sometimes like homeschooling can be like exactly like whatever they want to be. Did you were you able because you said you grew up Catholic mm -hmm. family was Catholic, so um, did they build in a faith aspect into like teaching? Like, was there like hey like kind of like theology? Yeah, in your homeschooling, mm -hmm. that's cool. So we used. Um... We used Baltimore Catechism as, like, kind of, like, the first thing I remember being, like, yeah, sitting buddy. down. Like, once we learned how to, like, say prayers and stuff, it was, like, sit down, like, here's the book. And like, yeah. um, But then also just, like, at Mass and, like, on the way home from Mass and being, like, mm -hmm. what did you notice? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And things like that. And then in high school, there was a priest um, who had been a teacher before and missed teaching and asked if there were any homeschooled high schoolers who oh, wanted cool. to take religion classes yeah neat so for three of my four years of high school i got like three hours a week plus a week 
of like scripture and then church history. And just like one on one, pretty much. Yeah, there was like four people Co- in the yeah. class. So. Oh, it's, it's basically one on one. Yeah, yeah basically, I mean, <laughs> compared to like 40 to one, which was some of the ratios that I had back in <laughs> high school. I mean, not 40, but anyways, a lot less the ratio. That's cool. Do you think that that um, having that part of your curriculum like helped carry you through college and at least like ingrain a little bit in the back of your mind like hey steven ministry <laughs> like um i think do you think it was a do you think it was an impact <laughs> is that your voice of god yeah <laughs> hey steven <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> you want to do some you want to do some sounds like a ministry? south park character <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. can you do more ministry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my voice guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, sinner. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <geez>. Anyways, <laughs> God's got a sense of humor. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. But <laughs> she bear. Yeah, yeah. The she bears. Yep. Right. So, <laughs> anyways, do you think that um, having that education, building it a part of your curriculum, um, you know, it sounds like you guys attended mass every week minimally sort of thing so do you think that that helped as um and and also not just that it was because it also was a a choice because if you go to like and and i'm and i'm pro private catholic school so like if you go to private catholic school but it's almost like it's it's i shouldn't say forced upon you but it's part of the curriculum Mm -hmm. automatically like you don't have like a quote-unquote choice right to go to those classes but like you yours was technically like a a choice so it's like you're choosing that and do you think that that choice led to you continuing to and i you know would say choose god as part of you know your education you know in college obviously like at oshkosh it's public school they buy us some theology classes here and there but um you know more so as part of like the lifestyle of you know i'm going to become involved and do you think that that impacted it absolutely yeah um because like my first semester at oshkosh i was like um going to not look for stuff in at the newman center sure um my, my sister went to the school too um, okay. before it was because we grew up in oshkosh mm-hmm. so i was going to be like well i'm not going to do exactly what my sister did <laughs> even though she majored in music too at the same school so you know it, it was a great way to yeah. start off um but she was involved at the newman center and so yeah. i was like well i'm gonna find a community somewhere else and that didn't go so well yeah <laughs> um because i like knew the community I had like in the religion class that I had been taking before in high school. And I was missing that like joint faith aspect Mm -hmm. of the community. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Awesome. So, so uh, what made you, I guess, decide then to become part of the Newman? Was it just that, that miss of, um, yes, I do miss the community. I was wrong. (laughs) Um, It's okay to do what my sister does, you know? Yeah. I think, it was, um, it was definitely more the first part where it was like, I was, I knew I was missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only thing that I could come up with that, like, I wasn't doing again. Like I wasn't still doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I joined a Bible study because yeah. I was like, well, I'm not like in the Newman center doing stuff with her. It's like we meet in the union and yeah. like, it's only guys. And so like it's removed. Sure. So neat. Do you think like um, that during your homeschooling experience and during 
you know, doing a lot of music and you're doing um, faith as a part of your as a part of your curriculum at home. You're being taught by a priest. Um, you're getting together with all these other homeschool kids uh, and their parents who are very, I would hope, also Catholic. Well, they, was it a Catholic homeschooling community? Um, for when I was like in elementary school, yes. Okay. I, it wasn't like we were a Catholic homeschool group, but it was like we're all they were all just Catholics. Ha- happened, we're just happened to be. It was just yeah. like. <laughs> Did you ever get to a point where that kind of it felt kind of like it was beating you down, like you were missing out on something? No, I don't think so. Um, my my parents were both converts um, okay. to the faith, so like we cool. had a lot of discussions about like why we do what we do in the Catholic Church, what mm. other faiths do that's different, and like um, why like my parents chose to do this for mm. us. So, so I wouldn't say that I necessarily felt kind of like pushed in a direction because mm. they were always pretty open with. <laughs> why they made the choices they made. That's cool. And were you able to have other, were you able to have faith type discussions with those peers that eventually were not Catholic in your homeschooling community? Um, in the homeschooling community, um, not really. Okay. But um, outside of that? Outside of it. Yeah. Um, Definitely, like definitely in college, I had a lot of apologetic conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, with my extended family as well, um, it would just come up with cousins and we would just mm-hmm. kind of talk about our differences. So, And did you feel like you were prepared for those conversations? Um, largely, yes. There was um, the first time I ever had a conversation with someone who was, um, who was atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had done so much research with other Christianity um, mm, sure, sure. faiths that um, I was like, well, I really need to. And I told them, like, I really want to learn more about how I can answer in a way that will make sense to you. Mm. So let me get back to you. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> well, what That's was answer. what was yeah. the what was the question? Um, it was something regard. It was in the vein of relativism was uh-huh. how they were approaching what they believed. Oh, um, yeah. And like a lot of the ways that I knew how to combat relativism all was based on the fact of like you believe in God and an absolute mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So that was kind of, it was hard to get them to like, yeah, balance mm-hmm. the two ideas. Yeah. 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 And I've, uh, it just as like kind of an aside since, you know, you're kind of in, you're kind of in ministry uh, now and, and John, you worked with high schoolers in the past mm-hmm. and um, I still do. Um, the generation that's coming up, and I don't even know what they're called anymore. Gen Zoom, what are they? Gen Z? Is it Z or Gen Beta? Uh, Gen Beta. Move on to another one. Gen Alpha. What is it? Do we Gen- start over? Is it Alpha now? I think it's Alpha. Now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fun fact, John. Uh, millennial isn't a Greek letter. Isn't what? It's not a Greek letter. No, I know. So, like, what I what I realize in the generation coming up. Um, their relativism is comes from a good-ish place, kind of, in that it's this idea of loving everybody. Mm-hmm. Their idea of love, mm-hmm. of obviously, is is warped. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this uh, like acceptance and tolerance is love, um, and then of course there's the whole like 
you know, sexuality is a part of love and, you know, that, that that's what love is. That's is, this is the ultimate expression of love. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I, what I realize is that um, it is harder now to not force, but to present an idea of absolute or objective truth to a generation that is um, very set in their like relative, like if it's not bothering you or if it makes somebody happy, like right. we should allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And what I'm kind of curious about is what, what you think, cause you know, you work with, you work with a lot of people here, here in the parish. And I'm assuming that there are lots of people who aren't kiddos or mm-hmm. adults that believe in more relativism. Um, but with this new type of relativism coming up where it's we just got to love and accept everybody. Um, how do we how do we present an objective truth to a culture that has a relative truth that is on the surface good? Mm-hmm. It's good to want people to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's good to not want to see somebody suffer. It's good. Like these are all good things. So how do we how do we present that? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I had a conversation about that with um, one of my coworkers um, last year, year and a half ago, um, about like gay marriage mm-hmm. and like how she just couldn't understand why the church would say that like people can't love people. And so, like, I wanted to, first you have to, like, let her know that, like, the church isn't saying you can't love people mm-hmm. um, and that you're absolutely right. That's not what's what should be said. And if people have said that, that's what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. I would like right. to apologize. And, <laughs> and um, I think it's really important that you, like, first acknowledge the fact that what they're feeling is coming from a genuinely good place mm-hmm. and that they understand that we all are kind of, we're all trying to reach the same goal, Mm -hmm. but that if you take um, a path where like, if you don't actually say something like, this is what I believe Mm -hmm. and that's why I can't do this, Mm -hmm. that it's not actually helping them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for her, when I talked to her, I talked to her over like a three day period where it was like the first day I was just like, you know, the church doesn't, doesn't say (laughs) talk too much with my hands. The church doesn't say like don't love people mm-hmm. like right you're absolutely right that is wrong and if that's what you know and then the second day i was kind of like i asked her about it again and just kind of brought it up and asked her like a little bit deeper questions about like so like if you if we both can agree that like people deserve to be loved like mm-hmm. what else what other problems are you like seeing like mm-hmm. what is upsetting you more and then um finally then being able to on the third day talk about and help her to come see like these are kind of the differences between what we're saying mm-hmm. um yeah. so it's a way to approach it mm-hmm. not throwing in like everything at once yeah you know uh that's a lot of emotional validation right. first yes. like hey yeah. man like what you're feeling is legitimate like that's totally fine i you know i I don't subscribe to that, like, especially with men, like, you shouldn't be showing your emotions. That's bullcrap. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, for sure. It, it is good that you don't want somebody to feel bad. It is good right. that you want mm-hmm. someone to feel loved. That's awesome. Here's the deal, you know, and then yeah. and try to try to understand it. So I, I like that. So 
doing liturgy mm-hmm. for a church for for a parish our size. Um, how <laughs> I'm trying to ask this in like the 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 most uh, pastoral way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the what are the so what what's your let's we'll start with a positive. What's your favorite thing about working in liturgy? And then what do you think are some challenges? What are some challenges that you're facing um, in a new role working in liturgy for, for a parish of, of this size? Yeah. Um, honestly, my favorite thing is getting to spend time in the churches. Um, I mean, like this afternoon, I just spent a good hour just like going through making sure the doorways were clean and that they had the posters where you could see what they all were, um, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, getting to say hi to Jesus every single mm-hmm. time you go in. Pretty nice. <laughs> Pretty great. Um, I think one of the, like, it was, like, most challenging things mm-hmm. is um, just because, like, faith and how we worship is so pers- personal. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for all of the volunteers who do such amazing work, you know, it's so personal and mm-hmm. I want it to be personal, you know, right? Um, because if it's not personal, then what are you doing? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, and because there's so many people that help out and have so many personal connections with what they're doing, that, that it can be really hard to make sure that everyone still feels like it is theirs and it is their right. faith and it is their space to be. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's a lot of like, um, you, you, you have, cause all right, I guess, can you describe exactly like with the director of liturgy? Like what your responsibility is on the day to day, maybe for mass, like what, what is your kind of like role in that? Yeah. Um, so kind of day to day in the office, I, um, make sure that like the binders that the priests and deacons get, um, are made. And then that the slides are also made that we sure. have for masses, um, that things are worded well, um, it matches what's in the Roman Missal. Sure. Um, we're not spewing heresy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's important. It's Step goal. one: wake up. <laughs> Step two: avoid heresy. <laughs> if you've avoided heresy, it's been a good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, and then um, I do a lot of praying with the readings um, yeah. because then I also make like the drafts for the um, universal prayers of the faithful that then mm. we have a liturgy team meeting where the priests all edit it. Um, I've been getting better. They've been editing it less. I know what they like to say, uh, <laughs> um, which is good. But um, so there's that aspect of it. But sure. then there's also the, um, the side of making sure that we have people signed up to help. Yeah. Um, making sure that they have what they need and that they know what they need to do. Um, and then just, kind of hoping everything goes well on the weekend then <laughs> yeah so like do you help to i guess what i'm also about to ask um do you find that there's people with in the parish or like a parishioners i should say that um you know come with you a bunch of ideas and they're conflicting ideas of like how the mass should look like <laughs> or like no i guess what i'm trying to ask is like is there like do you come to a roadblock where it's like you've got not i shouldn't say even people mm-hmm. you know uh, like priests or anything. I'm saying like yeah, just call them out. Let's go. No, no, no. I'm saying <laughs> parishioners. Like you know, because people have opinions, and mm-hmm. and 
do you ever hear those opinions where it's like, I think we should do this. And it's like, I think we should do that. And you're like, oh, great. Yeah, here's yeah. A, here's yeah. those kind of opinions like, from uh, me every week. Yeah. yeah. So like, how do you do you have you encountered that? And if so, like, how do you resolve that? Because like sometimes I mean, obviously, there's some things that are like, I'm sure, very obviously wrong to do. Yeah. Um, but are, and when there's not exactly a black and white right or wrong answer, that there's some gray area when it comes to the liturgy and making these selections and making these decisions, do you, have you encountered that? And if so, uh, how would you work through that? Yeah. Man, that's a long question. <laughs> Sorry. I guess. Yeah. And, and if you have any, like, no, I haven't, I haven't encountered that. <laughs> um, I've, I've encountered it quite a bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think first off, whenever someone brings something to me, I want them to know that like I'm hearing them. And that I will talk about it. And we do talk about it in the liturgy meetings. Yeah. Um, and then um, oftentimes it's up to the pastor. And mm-hmm. if it's not up to, if, if it's not something that is within the pastor's purview, then it's within the bishop's purview. Okay. Um, so like one is, we've had a lot of questions about, is the cup coming back after oh, COVID? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we've been having first communions and so the cup has been there for that. But then, you know, the bishop has said not yet, you know. So, like, even though we are seeing in our community, clearly because we're getting asked about it, (laughs) that there's people that have this wonderful devotion to the precious blood of Jesus in that sacrament. But the bishop is still saying not yet. And so Mm -hmm. we're following suit with the bishop and we're trusting that he knows how to lead his flock. So, okay, um, yeah. So it's essentially like. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Cool. And that, and that's and that's because uh, I've I've been to masses now a couple a handful of them where uh, the precious blood has been has been available um, mm-hmm. for 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 the faithful, um, and and I think also with that it takes more volunteers. Yes. So like even if we were to do it at six thirty, mm-hmm. where, you know. We, we run a skeleton crew at, at yeah. 630 and typically it's just me and I'll just, you know, uh, we have some wonderful, wonderful lectors. We have some wonderful hospitality. Men. Never have to worry about hospitality nope. uh, at 630. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sandy, we've had on the podcast um, and we have some wonderful music leaders and wonderful cantors and uh, Eucharistic ministers is where, is where the lack is. Typically mm-hmm. I can fill in the gap. It's fine because um, you only you can get away with one, you know, if there's no deacon present. But if you are going to distribute the precious blood, yeah, you need, now more. you need two more. Yep. Yeah. And then you think about some of the, one of the bigger masses, you know, yeah. nine o'clock Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, the big one here, 10, you know, it was a four o'clock Saturday yeah. uh, here, oh, yeah. here yeah. at the Wallace, not here, but on the wall at the Wallace site, right. all of a sudden you're looking at now I need four mm-hmm. more yeah. um, ministers. I think it's a numbers game too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in in like the past year year and a half, um, especially coming out of COVID, um, which <laughs> COVID's over. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. COVID's finally over. The emergency yeah, is over. It's downgraded. Nobody cares anymore. It's over. <laughs> uh, for some of us, it's been over for two and a half years. Uh, <laughs> but especially coming out of COVID, there was a, a large influx in a desire for, and I'm going to use air quotes. Hospitality, right? Yeah. So Andy, who we've had on the podcast, wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah. Um, Andy, one of his uh, one of his responsibilities is hospitality. 
So coming from a liturgical lens, Mm -hmm. what is hospitality? Um, because we see it as like I don't give you time to think. Yeah. What well, we see it as like we have we have a, some wonderful teens uh, who will help out with hospitality. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular, uh, and like the doors are open for you. Like, is that yeah. is that what it is? Because if that's what it is, like why are we worried so much about? I can open a door. We've got automatic doors. They open. So what is hospitality? Through a liturgical lens, Mm -hmm. what does hospitality mean? What is it supposed to look like in the liturgy and the mass? Um, I think for for within like the liturgy and the mass, I think like for for me, what my goal is, is that we, so we have the hospitality team who are like volunteers. They're, they're what we know more called ushers. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, they're supposed to kind of be like, the front lines of making people feel like they've come home, that they're mm-hmm. part of a community that is unified. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hope is that that's how everyone in the pews feels about everyone else, that they feel comfortable and that they are part of the mystical body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then in the mass, then you can more fully worship and enter into that liturgy um, in that um, being a member of Christ's sure. body. So, sure. so what does that what does that mean though? What 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 can be what is supposed to be done to achieve that uh, that sense of belonging, that sense of feeling like you're a part of the mystical body of Christ? Part of it um, is an interior relationship with Christ, uh-huh. and then the other part of it um, is an exterior disposition towards those around you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we're trying to to elevate the hospitality teams at the doors is to kind of inspire people to have someone to look to of what like the physical side of hospitality can look like mm-hmm. so that if they have that kind of an example, then it's easier for them to make that connection to Jesus in, interiorly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Makes sense. And I yeah, feel like, like you mentioned like, hospitality has been coming back if i feel like hospitality is also one of those kind of buzzwords that we get like yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah like that's we had discipleship before and then yeah. <laughs> now it's hospitality and you know at a certain point you start feeling like is this actually a thing like mm. is it is it is it worthwhile mm-hmm. um and i think that eventually like either it's done well and you see mm. why it's like a buzzword or um it just stays a buzzword and yeah. You're like, well, we we hold doors and we're cool and we say good morning to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it it must then extend outside of the mass mm-hmm. right. because in the context of mass, that's what it is. It's the doors are open and yeah. somebody says hello, exactly. says hello, and I go to the side door at six thirty, so no one opens the door for me. No one says <laughs> hello to me, and I'm typically there early. I mean, even if I'm not there early, like I go in the side door. So, no, no knock on Sandy and Barb, but there are two people. Yep, there, exactly. most people coming through, mm-hmm. coming at the back because they don't want to be in the front of church, yeah. right? So, this this idea of hospitality must extend outside of the church because it has to involve understanding why we worship, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we do understand why we worship, 
then we would also like other people to worship in the same way. And I think this is that's exactly why um, the traditional, um, we, we would call them rat traits, but that's not a nice way to say it. But um, the traditional side of the Mass, the extraordinary form of the Mass, um, is coming back in a huge way because people that are, very into that mass or very into worshiping in that way or very are very on fire for that way and the way that it's quote unquote supposed to be right um so they extend that to other people yep um so how do we extend hospitality in the you know the norvis ordo nor norvis ordo <laughs> did i say that right no yeah. no norvis yeah the the ordinary form of the mass <laughs> um how do we how do we extend that to to that mass here in our parish mm-hmm. what does that what does that look like yeah um one person at a time right one by one yeah there you <laughs> yeah one by one um so like um it starts with you know you and jesus right and then um after mass, you know, welcoming people over, right? You were talking about having people over for brunch, right? Like, <laughs> there you go. Like, you all then go to mass and you just, you keep sharing that. Um, and we're in a particularly hard place because we're so, we are such a big parish um, that there are a lot of people. And like, you know, um, we can't have one person be at mm-hmm. all three church sites every Sunday all the time to see how it's going all the time for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's definitely, it has to be just like one person at a time, um, making those invitations and setting like their own smaller communities on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why like coming out of the mission, we were talking about discipleship quads or just like small faith communities in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that idea of yeah. starting smaller to get bigger. I think, um, yeah, when we, when you have a parish of this size, you know, and like, and for me, like, you know, like, like Cameron was saying, if you come, if you go to 630, you come for the front doors, which my wife and I usually do, <laughs> you're not, usually not greeted. I don't necessarily. I wave need. at you from the sex. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I usually sit there and look at you creepily until you make eye contact and then wave and give you a head nod and then so. walk away. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm at the point of, I think my relationship with Jesus and at the point of being in a community within the Catholic community that I don't necessarily need somebody to, to welcome me. You know, it's like, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not there for that reason, but I can see, but that's just me. I think that, you know, I look at it as if I was somebody who hadn't been to mass in five plus years, mm-hmm. I, um, I, but I feel this, this urge to go back you know and i and i go to mass and i I feel like if 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 that person is there to greet Mm -hmm. it's a good like welcome welcome back sort of thing not being judged you know like it's not somebody being like who are you you know (laughs) it's welcome yeah you know uh welcome you know enjoy mass you know i don't know like or whatever they say i don't really know what they say because again i come through the side door so (laughs) no idea what they say but, um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, like I said, for me, 
don't need it, but necess- that maybe there's somebody out there that that's their first impression of coming back or mm-hmm. it's their first impression, period. Maybe they're somebody who is not of Catholic faith, who is interested in the Catholic faith. And, you know, obviously it's not the point of the mass. The point of the mass yeah. isn't to have somebody at the front door, love the people at the front door. Mm-hmm. They do a great job. They do an awesome job, but it's not the point of the mass, but mm-hmm. it's a supplementary for people who maybe be new to the faith and, you know, a first impression of, you know, you are welcome here. Yeah. You know, you, you do have a place here mm-hmm. if you so choose, you know, to, to be a part of this. And, and also too, I'm sure that like they may be the people that that person asks a question to like, Hey, that person was at the front door. Maybe they're important and I can yeah. ask them questions and they can point me in the right direction of where I need to go to become Catholic or where I need to go to talk to a priest and such. So, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how I look at hospitality is I may not need it based on where I'm at in my life and in my faith, but there might be somebody out there that it's the first person that they see, you yeah. know, and they don't have to open up the door for themselves and they don't have to sit in the pew by themselves, mm-hmm. not having talked to anybody and then leave and then being like, what was that? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I kind of, I get it. I get it. Well, so like what, what sets us apart then from the Protestants? Because mm-hmm. I'm a convert, right? Sure. We had St. John Lutheran up in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Yeah. We had people greet us at the door. Yeah, I don't, Protestants I don't, are like the friendliest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> so, like, w- when I think about when I came back to Mass, uh, you know, from that 17-year gap. Yeah. Um, the reason I came back to Mass was Elizabeth. Right. Because mm-hmm. I saw the joy that she had, and she invited me to Mass. Like that kind of hospitality happens within the community that you're in. Right. But mm-hmm. they may not have one to even start off. That's what I'm trying to right, say. Right. So where, where I'm going is in now hospitality also becomes missionary. And that's what I, yeah, that's what I, I, I do think that that's the point of, that's the ultimate goal. Like he was saying, how do you look at hospitality in a liturgical sense, the liturgical senses? You know, hopefully it'll lead them to becoming. Ho- hopefully, that first impression will lead them is a form of missionary mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of being a you know of yeah. being a disciple. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not, it's not somebody standing on the corner being like, "Have you accepted Jesus Christ in your life?" Like it's not that kind of <laughs> yeah. missionary work, but it's a form of an impression that. You know, you don't have to sign a waiver for him to get in. You know, like it, it's mm-hmm. not a exclusive club. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's hello. <laughs> we're not scary people. <laughs> uh, we're not trying to be scary people. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk to me, great. If you don't want to talk to me, that's fine, too. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. it's but we're here to answer questions for those who may have them and may mm-hmm. not have that, you know, community, because I'm sure there are people out there, whether they be people who moved into the area or people who uh, were Catholic and stopped practicing for a while, feel that that emptiness to come back um, or or they're new to faith, period, or they're a convert, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think so, what, I, what I'm pointing out is that we all have to in some essence, be a hospitality yeah. minister. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah like it, you know, 
it, we have a hospitality team, but at the end of the day, every single person that pew is part of the hospitality team. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, it you know, <laughs> people should pay attention to the mass, <laughs> mm-hmm. but people are also watching at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, if you give a, a judging eye to somebody because their baby's crying, first off, you know, Dude, yo, first off, you were a baby too. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> and you, if you have a kid, is they're going to cry. So, I love you hearing give a, babies you in get, mass, too. I do, too, man. I don't... I I love it. I don't really care. Yeah. I love it. In fact, I like look around and be like, yo, where's the cute baby, man? Like, <laughs> my wife's labor and delivery nurse, so she's always like, where's the baby at? Where's the baby at? <laughs> uh, so, but if you give a judgmental eye, well, you gave the judgmental eye. Now, somebody behind you saw that. Mm-hmm. And that person, they may have been going to mass every single day for 50 years, so it's not going to affect them, but... You don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. that person is brand new to church and all of a sudden their impression of you is, oh, that person's pretty judgmental. <laughs> you know, okay. And now they start looking around other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, like you said, everybody's part of hospitality. And if you, and if you come from a place of um, not understanding an, an objective yeah. truth, right? you apply that person's Yep. Slight against you to be all right. Catholic. Yep. You know, it, all, all Catholic people are like this then, which right. is a, you know, obviously which is not, not true, true. But, right. but it first impressions, everything. Right. Wait, or in, not in even first impression, but just like, you know, especially people that have people that do believe in that relative. Right. Idea. don't believe that there's this objective truth that, you know, the only, the only truth, the only goodness is God himself. And humans are super mega flawed beings. Right. Um, if you don't understand that. Yeah, if you don't have that. Yeah. You know, like yet. That. But if yeah, like, that's yeah. if that's like, you know, oh, I strive to have this and then that's your first impression, it's like you probably will never get to that yeah. if that impacts you, which to be honest, like I wouldn't wouldn't like spite them for <laughs> for thinking that because mm-hmm. that's a bad first impression. You know, that's mm-hmm. a bad yeah. uh so anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good talks. But <laughs> 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 um I want to I want to ask though cuz cuz you're a music guy, right? Yeah. So favorite genre of music? Oh. Um It's impossible to ask about music. Like, guy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> cuz they like all genres. They studied up. No. I I like music that takes me out of myself. Oh. oh, what does that mean? <laughs> Dang! All right, uh, <laughs> we're getting um, we're getting liturgically deep here <laughs> into music. No. So, um, <laughs> Kenny Chesney. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'll listen to like anything. So, like, right yeah. now, randomly, I'm listening to a lot of Japanese pop music because it sounds different than things that I've been listening to for the last three years. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Um, That's awesome. I love the internet for allowing me to be able to do that. Uh, not much else, but you know, um, so like, I like things that allow me to kind of turn off my think about music Mm. brain. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, or that, that makes me feel a different way. Um, that is compelling to me. So, um, I, I like a lot, like most music. Um, yeah (laughs) so i'm 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 kind of curious then so like um i will sometimes listen to japanese edm Mm -hmm. which is if you think of american or not american but european edm 
is very bass heavy, very, um, you think about, it's not that distorted. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. You you listen to Japanese EDM, it's very hard, brash, um, very synthesized, very fast, Mm -hmm. um, and John's looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" No, I, about, man? no, I, I know. No, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm um, listening. What I, what I'm curious about then is like, um, what differences are you noticing with Japanese, uh, J, J-pop, if, yeah. if you will? J- my, <laughs> my sister uh, is really into K-pop. Mm-hmm. I just saw her not too long ago. I visited her and my dad. Uh, she's, I'm thirty, so she's, uh, she's twelve. Uh, she's really into K-pop. She loves mm-hmm. K-pop, and I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've got a better ear than I do. So, like, what, what, is, what is it about in this specific instance? Mm-hmm. What is pulling you out, and what, what is drawing you to it? If, if you will, for me, it's the way that, um, like, the language lines up with the melody. Mm. Um, yeah, and and then also how they shape the melody to match the words. Um, what does that mean? So really commonly in western music um we come from this tradition of like having we have poetry we have music and we want you know things get faster and higher and they're happier and they get slower and they're lower and it feels sadder yeah Mm -hmm. um and how just like how the japanese language works and how the melody norms that their ears are used to are just different than what we have so cool I have to listen to it. I, I've never heard J-pop. I've heard some <laughs> Korean pop. Is it yeah. is it is it a little bit different than Korean pop? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, K-pop got really really popular in America. Yeah, and so it's started to become more Western. Sure, so that it'll sure, sure, sure. Be more for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, J-pop is next. I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So from a music from somebody who's majored in music. You've and who's also Catholic. What, how I, I do like to ask people who are musicians, singers, whatever. Do you sing too? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So, what is your like? Because <laughs> there's big opinions on music, oh, right? Man. Oh yeah. And so, <laughs> Cameron, I've had Cameron, I've had this debate before. Stephen knows what songs I hate. <laughs> do you? Uh, you know, obviously there's like the traditional church music mm-hmm. and then there's like contemporary Christian mm-hmm. feelings on, on both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like, is there a balance? What's, what's cool? What's not good? Like, I yeah. should say what's not cool or what's cool and not cool. But like, so what's, what's not cool? <laughs> <laughs> like what's, uh, where do you feel that like being Catholic, we're obviously like, traditional but is there a place for that christian contemporary within we call it praise and worship mm-hmm. praise and worship right yeah yeah so, yeah i mean it's not the same thing but it kind of is the same thing but also i get what you're saying is there a place <laughs> for it and like where's the line yeah sorry <laughs> um there is absolutely a place for all of it yeah um i am obsessed with chant um that's why i'm getting a music degree um but and 
I think that as Catholics, we should kind of like take pride in the fact that like the reason why written music exists is because of us Um, (laughs) and, and chant. Um, And then there's always then that, that other, like the flip side of like modern popular Christian praise and worship music. Right. Um, And I think that a really good argument for it is that like, I mean, Saints Peter and Paul wrote the Te Deum chant, which in their time was it's a it's a praise of it's a chant of praise and worship to god yeah um in the popular style for music in their time right it's pretty much exactly synonymous just two thousand years removed okay um and so i don't think that there's like a theological issue with having that style of music it's just a personal preference it's it's a personal preference um which is what like the vatican two documents on musica sancra says okay um is that as long as it's all theologically sound, what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Is, well, because yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's my whole thing too. Is like as long as the song itself isn't doesn't fight the theology. Some of them, <laughs> yeah, are not. Well, yeah, yeah they, and that's where I'm like, there are some songs where I'm like, oh, oh, oh. can you say that? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> and then there's songs where I'm like, yep, this is this is cool. This is good. Mm-hmm. Like we're there's no heresy in here yeah. <laughs> uh and then there's some songs where you're like we're starting to teeter-totter here a little yeah. bit <laughs> the christian or the, i should say catholic specifically theology here so i just wanted to know your perspective being like in liturgy where it's like you're now like studying this like mm-hmm. you know and then also like having that music background so is the line just theologically sound for you um I think is it I think for me it's theologically sound and then does it make sense for the community and the culture that we're serving? Yeah. Right? So like if we were in, you know, like New Mexico, would it make sense to have a poker mass? I don't think so. You know? Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and then and that's something else that Musica Sancra <laughs> says is that like um music matches the culture of the people you're with. Yeah. Right? So and I don't remember, I think it's 20 years for it to become the tradition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's, then there's this kind of, who are we serving? Why are, what, what is our motive for doing this? Um, Is it theologically sound? Um, So there's a lot of these questions that I think need, they need to be weighed and balanced. Um, I would, I would argue that, Polka music doesn't have a doesn't have a place. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of polka. It's not that. I okay. I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm born <laughs> <sporting laughs> your boy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, it's fine. I'm not. Like, the, there's there's like a, I, I, polka. Well, I don't have an opinion on polka. I don't mind polka. Um, I and I th- maybe I've made this quite clear in the <laughs> in the past. I have very rigid ideas on what belongs in the mass. Yeah. Um if you're if you're at any mass, um and you were to play as you mentioned John, like a traditional a Gregorian chant something. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, your brain immediately thinks church. Sure. Mm-hmm. I've never heard Gregorian chant and be like, oh man, I can't wait for T Swift to redo this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but when I think of like I'm I'm just gonna dig on polka. Uh if I think of polka music, I think of 
weddings, which is oh, fine. Mm-hmm. I think of like yeah. a, 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 a German a, bar. A German bar yeah, or a okay. a beer garden, as they would say, right? Uh, <laughs> or a a wedding or a music festival or um, hanging out at the Fat Seagull here in Manitowoc <laughs> with my grandma. Like, um, nice. my mind doesn't immediately go to church. Sure. Um, and there is there is music. There's even contemporary songs where I I hear it, and obviously, you know, I think of I think of church right away. Yeah. I think of God right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there should only be, you know. Not that there should only be, but there should be a particularly a particular emphasis on the music that immediately yeah. re- raises our soul to mm-hmm. to God and immediately makes us think of either the the church, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that I don't think there's a place for stuff that doesn't. Yeah, I think for me, like the uh, the balance is. Um, cause I'm, I'm a little bit more like, yeah, I, I used to sing in praise and worship music and at my last parish. And, um, for, for me, like the, the music had to be again, um, theologically sound. And then also to like, I have no problem with the songs themselves. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of songs where (laughs) if you heard on the radio, yes, it's going to have a, you know, it, drum set but there if if it's portrayed or if it's being sung in a way that isn't taking away from the mass mm-hmm. like that's why we're here this mass could happen without music <laughs> it yeah. doesn't need to be here um and if it's starting to take away um and and i and i will say there are also songs that are like within the missile that i don't like either <laughs> because i do think it takes away um but how I how I think of it is like it's not necessarily the the song themselves. I mean it is the song themselves, mm-hmm. but as long as the song is being sung and I, I use performed around quotes because mm-hmm. I don't like using that when it yeah. comes to church music, but let's just use it for conversation's sake in a way that isn't taking away from like I guess what I'm trying to say is if you have you know more drum sets or like you know like more instruments than like a rock band would have mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> what, what is it now yeah. <laughs> are we are, are we are we actually praising and worshiping or are we saying yeah, yeah or is this a concert yeah and that's my balance it's like mm-hmm. if, if it's very subtle it you hear the lyrics you're thinking of jesus mm-hmm. great stuff good yep. stuff as long again the lyrics are theological, <laughs> but once we start to add a lot of stuff, it's like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> what yeah. are we doing here? What's the goal? What's the goal? And probably good intentions, all good intentions, but again, it's a it's a portrayal thing. It's like, how are we being? How are we portraying this now? Uh, what are people gonna think of this? What are people mm-hmm. gonna re- remember from this mass? Are they gonna remember? Receiving the body and blood of Christ, <laughs> mm-hmm. or they can remember. Oh my gosh, I paid a casting crown song. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it has to be. I felt like I was welcome because they played all our welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little spicy, a little spicy, just a little bit. I do not like that song. I know you don't. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is like, what are they going to remember? And is the music? Um, stirping it away mm-hmm. for the the reason of why they're there. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. So that's that's my feelings on praise and worship. I think there's a time and a place. I think there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, can you compare that with a with like a wedding though? You know, because like um, <laughs> yeah, you can. No, like no, the you wedding, can. Not sure. like the wedding mass itself, but like I, I have been to weddings. John, you have been to weddings. Steve, I've been to yours. Been, have you been to weddings? <laughs> I, I was at yours. <gasps> no way. Crazy. Um, I don't remember. No, so like, I do remember you either. <laughs> anyway, maybe I'll just ask you, John, because, yeah. you know, I never ask you questions on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what do you what do you remember from your wedding day? From my wedding day? Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember. I mean, I remember pretty much everything, but I remember. You remember everything. everything. I, I mean, like, it was my wedding day, so, like, I remember pretty much everything. So, you do I remember not. getting ready, and I remember the mass. I remember mass very clearly. Um, even the homily itself. Um, I I remember communion. Um, pictures after. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember what I don't like. <laughs> I remember the DJ. Not I don't. I didn't really like the <laughs> DJ much. I didn't like okay. the DJ much. All right. Uh, All right. Just gonna. Well, I'm not gonna say who it was. Didn't like it much. Um, I remember the food. I remember there being a fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> Seems like what? Uh, no, there was a tiny little fire at the head table. We had like, a, you know, tiny little candles, uh-huh. you know, and then like, you know, some fake leaves, whatever, right? Okay. Deca- decoration. And one of the leaves must have like shifted or something. You know, you sit down and all of a sudden, my, one of my groomsmen's like, you smell something burning now? Like something smells like burning plastic. Look in front of me. It's like there's a literally a fire, like tiny one, not a big one. But <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, they uh, we took some water, put it out. Nobody noticed except for those at the head table. Um, and I remember, uh, I remember uh, my my grooms the the speeches. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my first dance. Yeah. And then my sister and I dancing, and then that was about it. Okay. What do you remember from my wedding? I remember I remember mass. Uh-huh. Uh cuz I remember you you had a pretty pretty like you, you went all in, man. It was like it was, incense. Yeah, it was fun, was it? yeah. yeah oh, like, the mass itself. Yeah, 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 the mass itself like the just the setup and We got away with everything yeah. the bishop but let us get away. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean it was it was great. It was beautiful. Um uh I remember venue uh, food. I remember dancing. I remember uh, you guys gave out uh, cards, right? What? Like the little, like the gifts, like for your for your. Yeah, what was it? Cards. Uh huh. Like a playing deck. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember what, that. What was on it? What was on it? Yeah. I don't remember. Probably like your wedding day or something like what? that. No, it wasn't. No, what was it? I don't really <laughs> I don't remember that. So here, here's my here's my point. So like we always akin uh the mass to the wedding feast of the lamb, right? Yeah. Um so like when you are invested, mm-hmm. you're gonna remember everything. Yeah. At your wedding you remember very much. When you're not not that he's saying that you weren't invested in my wedding. We weren't that close yet. <laughs> I didn't even uh, know you yet. I didn't know you were. <laughs> you were there. You were, you were, I was like, you were the there as a, a, a date. But um, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is when we talk about what are you going to remember from the yeah. mass? Yeah. Um, when you're invested, mm-hmm. like you and I are, you know, we're going to remember it like our own wedding days where you remember sure. a large amount sure. um, of the stuff. It's like they, you know, obviously it depends how stressed out you are, but yeah, I mean like um, the majority. Of but then, but then, yeah. but then if you're not, 
Mm-hmm. It's like going to somebody else's wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what do I remember from that wedding? Oh, the, I remember the things that pertain to me. Yeah. But I don't remember the wedding as a, as a whole. Right? I judge all weddings on three things. So Go I pay ahead. attention to three things. Three things. Three things, baby. What is it? Um, and I say all weddings because like I've been to also like non-Catholic weddings. So like. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, um, so <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I remember, uh, food. Okay. Uh, music. Uh-huh. And, uh, usually like venue. That's about it. Like I'll judge thing, three things, man. If you can give me good food, good music, and usually like drinks involved not like that there is a good good bar selection not, not the people that were getting married no i'm not okay, I of, course those I remember, guys, those losers. of course i remember like who the couple is man like i, I don't like wedding crash but like um, i've always wanted to yeah. but uh but yeah those are the three things that like i kind of like pay attention at and of course like if somebody's catholic of course i pay attention during the mass like, <laughs> Stephen, what do you remember from weddings have you been to weddings oh yeah yeah um, mostly not Catholic because my family's not Catholic extended family. Right. Um, yeah. So venue. Yeah. Food. Um, music. Yeah. 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 It's like the three things that like people care about as a guest. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever. Like sometimes, feed me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes weather. Like if it's an outdoor oh, wedding yeah. and you have to like. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's a gamble dude. <laughs> our, one of our close friends got married. In Mobile, Alabama, mm. in June. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! I think it was June. A choice. Don't quote uh, me. That is that is um, one sweaty day, dude. It, w- <laughs> it was a gorgeous day, and they had it out on this plantation. Okay. Uh, and it, it was move it was, cotton. Let's see. Well, it's, Al- it's Alabama. <laughs> no, they I got know, plantations all over the place. It's yeah, it's how that's the agriculture. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the place. <laughs> um, but it was it was a gorgeous day. Hot as a sonnet, dude. Nice. It was not okay. It was not okay. <laughs> Please tell me they allowed people to wear like. Oh yeah, I wore shorts, I wore man. I wore the lightest button on my hand in shorts. Yeah. But yeah. the weird thing is, um, we're very blessed here in Wisconsin to have like. How long does a wedding go? Till. Well, I don't. I mean. Like, oh, you're talking about reception too? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, like 10, yeah. 10, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. I feel like 10, between 10 and 11. Yeah. Yeah. Steven? Um, I've been to some that like go till 3. Yeah. 3 p.m.? Like, like the venue, oh, will, the venue kicks you out. The venue kicks you out at a certain time. But like right. The party still goes, right? Yeah. So we're in Alabama for this wedding um, for a friend who we love very much. We love very much. I mean, we didn't. There's no way I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, clearly you like these people in, who are going to in, Alabama. In June, <laughs> yeah. in, Ju- in summer. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, so the the ceremony was at like two. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it goes till three. Right. Yeah. And then right. like the the place where the reception was being held, the stones throw. Right? It was it was same right. place. Yeah. It's like same getting place. we were married. We got we our reception was at Fox Hills. So it was like getting married on the golf course and then yeah. going to Fox Hills. Um, everyone was gone by six. What? Oh. Okay, I've been to one wedding where that was kind of the case. It was a dry wedding. It was during the day. Oh. So like everything, like they just shifted everything, like 
four hours earlier. Oh no, that 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 wasn't the case. So like, oh, there was like right. everybody sat down. Um, they ate. I don't even think I don't even remember if there were speeches. To All be right. honest with you, it, um, yeah. And then like and then like there was. Uh, she had her. They had their first dance, and then um, our friend danced with her. Her her dad. They had the the daughter father dance, uh, and then people just started to leave. All right. Like there wasn't a thing. It, it was just like, I I let uh, I guess that's a thing. So like yeah, they <laughs> that night yet they had changed and we were downtown Mobile at, at breweries getting drinks. Like nice. while the 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 groom and, and bride were in plain clothes, right? Wow. I just got I had just gotten married and that's just how that's just how it is. That's pretty cool. That's just how it was down there. But she's from Wisconsin. Yeah. So like. Mm-hmm. Her her understanding of what weddings are, all of a sudden, everybody's gone from her wedding like six hours earlier. It's pretty cool, though. It was like, like it's the regional differences between weddings. Yeah. It's pretty so, neat. like, it was super cool in that, like, it was really easy, yeah. you know? It was like nothing to it. And yeah. we were able to, like, still, it's not like you're at this venue until 11 o'clock and you're driving home, you're tired, you're doing it, not driving home, but you drive back to the hotel, super tired, and it's kind of whatever. It was just like, you guys want to go downtown? Yeah, sure, let's go. Let's my, all go home. Yeah. Let's all go to the hotel and change and then like just <laughs> go out. My brother in law's from Jersey and like they weddings on the East Coast are so different. Uh, like first off, like all the gifts are cash. Like there's no like physical gifts. Like it's just like cash. Nice. And that's just like an East Coast thing. So like when my sister and brother in law got married, like all the physical gifts were from like my family. <laughs> like all the cash was from like from like his family for the most part, generally speaking. But Secondly, too, uh, like, you know how Midwest weddings, you got like happy hour, dinner, dancing. That's it. Right. Yes. Like it. And then there's like a like very set parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of intertwined. So like Go people ahead. are eating and dancing. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, hey, like you're eating, you're having dinner. And then there's also music going on. People are out there dancing. So it's sort of like. People are eating and dancing, coming and going, sort of things. Oh, like my sister was like, it was so weird for the first time. So she was like, Wait, wh- why are people dancing? Like, we just got our meal. So, like, <laughs> what is going on? It's just mm-hmm. like, it's a thing. They just mm-hmm. like to start dancing during dinner mm-hmm. if you want to go dance. And then, like, if you don't want to go dance, you don't have to. It's very more like way back in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if it's some like dates way back to like, colonial days when it was like more ball setting where like that was a thing like you eat and you and you dance during the i don't know but nobody had the money for that in colonial days. <laughs> i mean like the, the, only the rich people did yeah like the the skylar sisters like whatever they had money yeah <laughs> Hamilton reference, dude. Yeah, yeah I got, yeah. I got that. I got yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Or have you done been doing every episode? I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you seen Hamilton? No, actually. What? Not what, dude? <laughs> Are you it's into because? Musicals? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's because their dad was a a general for the longest time, and then worked in the government, so they had yeah. a bunch of money on top of that. They came from a wealthy family, but still. Yeah, I don't know if you have Disney Plus, uh, but. It's on there. Okay. And yeah. it's uh, pretty solid. Spotify, yeah. where you can find this lovely podcast as well. <laughs> it's, it's a phenomenal. Do you, um, musicals, is that a thing for you? Mm-hmm. You like musicals? Yeah. 
but not one of the biggest Broadway performances. No, I like older musicals. Oh, oh. okay. All right, all right, all right. Here all right. we go. Right. What's go your ahead. favorite old musical? Um, there is a right and wrong answer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, I'm <laughs> I always really have loved Hello, Dolly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, fair. that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Feelings, <laughs> feelings <laughs> on cats. Um, I've never seen it. Good, don't see it. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> and then the There's movie no came problem. out. And I was like, I'm glad I've never seen this. Yeah, I've just heard horrible. It's things. it's uh, my high school did it back when I was in like eighth grade, <laughs> and my sister took me took me to it, <laughs> and I still don't know what it's about. I saw it. I sat and watched it, and my high school did a great job. They actually like won a national award for this musical for like, cats. Yeah, they like submitted it and like won like the musical of the year for high school by USA today. You can look it up anyways. I still don't know what it's about. I'm like, th- th- I watched it. I paid attention. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I, they, they, the question they ask is what is a jellical cat there in this whole musical? And they don't answer it for you. What is a what? A jellical cat. I, a again, what again is, I don't know who wrote the musical mean? cats. I think he just had a weird cat fetish. Is that like a jello, like a, like a, again, Jim puts a stapler, Dwight stapler in the office and jello, and it's just jellica cat. No, again, they don't answer what a jellical cat is. Every other song, they're like, what's a jellical cat? I'm like, no, I don't know. Tell me. (laughs) Tell me, because I don't know. Uh, You shouldn't be asking that question in a podcast where I haven't seen cats and neither is Steve. Yeah. So, like, okay, so Hello Dolly. Hello Dolly. Good music. Good one. Solid. What other ones? Uh, My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady. Uh That's a good one. That's like a classic. Mm -hmm. So you like a lot of classics. Oklahoma. 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 That's a good one. okay. Yeah. Um, The ballet scene is kind of... eh. Yeah, like it's got some good songs. Yeah. I would say the plot's iffy. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Yeah. It doesn't even take place in Oklahoma, does it? Yeah, it does. Does it? Okay. Well, it's like it ends with it becoming a state. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. All right. Obviously it shows how much I cared about the plot. Um, or I don't even know it. Uh, Oklahoma, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you do high schools? Oh, were you able to do and, like music? Hold on, I think school? he was going down a list. What? what oh else yeah, what are your other lists? Um, Music Man is really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, King and I has great songs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I've, I've never, never heard, heard of that. So what good. is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never heard of it. Um. Yeah. Does everybody get married? Yes. Nice. It's about seven brothers who live out in the woods, and then the oldest one gets married, <laughs> and then the the younger brothers all decide that they're um, they want to get married too, and so they try to go and like flirt, and it doesn't work out too well. Um, they all going together. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then they like. Hey, yo, girl, <laughs> you like this pickup line? You don't next. Sabine, Sabine with women, and so they go and like kidnap like the girl that they like. So oh then, my like, gosh! And then it snows, and they live in the mountains, and no one can go get them. And so then basically, then it's like they fall in love because they like were just crazy. I don't know. It's weird. It's a little weird, but the music right. is good. Still a better love story than Twilight. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but now with one hundred percent more hostage taking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, that really shows what you can get away with. You could get away with back, back then because oh, yeah, it's like absolutely. that is like that. 
that's that's kidnapping and yeah. then keeping yeah. them as hostages. Yeah. That musical then, is not w- hitting we, stage we, Some yeah. people, some people might not call that love. They might call that Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Well, so they like they get kidnapped and then the like sister-in-law kicks all of the men out of the house, and like only the women could live with her in the house, and then yeah, for the whole winter. Were you able to do musicals in the high school? Um. They only did one musical when I was in high school. Really? Okay. They didn't have a pit orchestra for it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Guess. Were they just playing it it's on like, tracks? Um, no, they had like a piano and like a French horn oh. and like a trumpet. What musical it was, was this? Um, Anything Goes. Oh, yeah. You'd Great need a way more than a French horn and a trumpet yeah. and a piano for like, that musical. Hey, man. Yeah. Anything Goes. Uh, <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but I played community musicals. Okay, cool. Um, so I did Guys and Dolls and Music nice. Man. Oh, oh yeah. Guys and Dolls is a good one. Yeah. Music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What 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 was your role in Guys and Dolls? Um, I played cello in the pit for both of them. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to envision you up on there. <laughs> the most important part of the musical. It yeah, is. It, it is. really truly is. No, uh, I did musicals in high school, and the the pit was always underappreciated. So shout out to the uh, the pit crew. Yeah. Because uh, we would have. Not been able to do the musical without you guys. So I uh, I, don't I, need music I, I watched a lot of musicals nice. in high school. Yeah, because uh, my my best man uh, was actually he was a big theater guy. Yeah. Um. So like, our our the director who was our like speech teacher or whatever Miss Newton, um, she would write like we I was in uh, I did one show I did the Phantom Toll Booth. I was a citizen of Digitopolis. Yeah, I think really, I've talked yeah, about this. Yeah. Um, but she would write parts for Mitch to be <laughs> nice. in the play because he had football was going on at the same time. Yeah. So like he played he played football, and then like he would also like want to be in the shows. So yeah. like, um, it was it was really cool how I mean it was Plymouth, Wisconsin, so small group, but like still it was really cool. And then he was in all the musicals, he was in all the plays, and. I really enjoyed watching instead of because I didn't have the rampant charisma I have now. <laughs> you, I think you even, I think you didn't really get at like stage plays. Though. I like nowadays. I now, like now maybe. I think now you maybe I, think I can't you can do it. I'm not really good at lying, and I think acting is all lying. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. Sure. It's like forcing yourself to believe something that you're not. Mm, that's fair. I think it's dangerous. I don't like that. Yeah. Not a if good you get like two into it, sure. Well, I guess, but like I mean, we had you know, Zach on, and yeah. we were talking about what do you what do you do to see through the veil mm-hmm. of show, yeah, of the, like the show. Yeah. You have to become. And he talked about all the things that he did to be to to play George Bailey. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, you know that's a part of like method acting, but. You still have to believe the stuff that you're saying. Yeah, that's fair. You yeah. still have to believe yeah. the character that character that you're portraying. And I'm a horrible liar. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you still um, do community like orchestra and such? Um, I'm working on an audition now. Nice um, for one for Sheboygan Symphony. Nice. Um, yeah. So awesome. Getting back into it, but well, I'm sure you'll go great, man. Do you do you start? Do you lead with uh, I? <laughs> I have a master's in sacred music. <laughs> Here's some sacred uh, music, bros. I, it was on my resume when I had to submit it for the application process. Oh, really? Nice, yeah. nice. nice. Is go. that also from where are you getting the degree from? Um, University of Mary. Hooks up. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that <laughs> is that the one out west? Uh, yeah, it's in Bismarck, North Dakota. 
Bismarck, hook, North hooks Dakota. Up? Yeah, it's the You Marry Marauders. Oh, and okay. So you like hook your finger and you're like, hooks up. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really make sense, right. um, but... <laughs> We do it. Yeah, we do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know the horn. There was like the was horns down for like Texas. Yeah, that's yeah, if yeah. they lose you know? though. Like horns down. That's like what the opponents. Or horns up or whatever. Horns they like up. they like Oklahoma was really annoyed at Texas for doing that at like the Red River rivalry mm-hmm. or the Red River shootout, whatever it's called. Yeah. Which like college football rivalries, dude. Like uh, Oklahoma. Texas is a phenomenal. It's just a phenomenal a game to Bama watch. Bama Auburn, Bama Auburn, um, Florida, uh, FSU, Florida FSU. Is that the Florida Georgia is the world uh, the largest cocktail party? I mean Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota. No, that's not the when same. they were good. <laughs> when they were. I was good. gonna say like I was I was gonna. It's the longest lasting one. SEC uh, oh, rivalries yeah, are, are. It's on another level. It's I mean, how crazy sports are. I mean, we think even from like Wisconsin, mm-hmm. how important yeah. the Packers are yeah. to our culture. I mean, you go to Green Bay, the, you know, it's, it's the Packers. It, it's it's the Packers. Everything is called Tile Town. This on the city crest, which is super sick. Like that, yeah. But you go to, I mean, you go anywhere in Wisconsin, it's. The Packers have their mark everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the South, where their teams suck, like Tampa sucks. Yeah. Dallas sucks. Well, I want, yeah. Uh, I mean, you get a big history there. But yeah, that's all. The big history there. But yeah, but it's like, it's college it's football, college football yeah. high school football. Like, it's a religion um, down there almost. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy to see what cultural things outside of church bring people together yeah mm-hmm. and it's of for a lot of america it's sports yeah yep. and yeah. for the longest time sports sports is a meritocracy like you win because you're better like that's yeah. it, it is a it's a tangible non-subjective you score your team scored more points therefore you win mm-hmm. right um and i was trying to think of other cultural thing i mean i just talked you know that it about it, not in a super negative light, but polka music here in in Wisconsin, especially especially in the s- southeastern part of the state. Yeah, you know, Green Bay, Manitowoc, Sheboygan, especially. Um, I don't mind polka music, but that's a that's an ingrained part of our of our culture. I mean, you think yeah. like mm-hmm. living on the lake. Like yeah, that's a big part of it. The, yeah. Just living here in the lake, like in Manitowoc, Sputnik. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fish fries, fish fries, submarine, like yeah. maritime, all along the all along the coast here. Yeah, um, and it's interesting when you go to other places, mm-hmm. um, what kind of cultural elements there are. So, yeah. like, did you travel a lot as a as a have you have you traveled a lot? Um, traveled quite a bit around the U.S. and then um, a little bit in Europe. Europe, mm-hmm. no smack. Yeah, Where, <laughs> no cap. <laughs> Um, where whereabouts? Um, southern Germany, um, Austria, and then the United Kingdom. Oh, cool. oh, so like, what do what did you notice about the cultures, the cultures, especially in like Southern Germany, because Southern Germany is more of the historic, more touristy, or is that, or am I thinking Northern Germany is more touristy? Or like what you would think of as traditional German? Um, 
culture. Like German culture is like what you think of as the Southern Germany. Okay. Northern right, Germany right, is where right. Germans go to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like, so we were in Munich mm-hmm. um, and I felt like Munich felt very, very much just like another big city that you could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We went um, a little bit outside of Munich and it feels not that way because then you're in the Black Forest and it's definitely not an American forest. Um, what does that mean? Um, just like how the trees grow and like what's around them on the ground. It's just kind of like it's a forest. Not bear cans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like preserved forest, but it's like not what I'm used to being a forest. Sure. And, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, and then in Austria, it was um, quite a bit different, too. How so? Um, the biggest thing was, like, the way that they actually keep Sundays still, like, a national level law. Sick. Like, That's you can cool. get the cops called on you if you play music too loud in your house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> on Sundays? Or on Sundays, like... yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. And, yeah. So, or if you're too loud in your yard or things like that. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know. Is 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 Austria very very Catholic? Uh, yeah, or, Catholic yeah, is I'm... the national religion for okay. Austria. Wow. Okay. I, yeah. Big dub. Go go Austria. Yeah. Nice. What whereabouts in the UK? London. Um, London, and then Scotland, all over the western. Yo. Glasgow, Edinburgh, and then the western. Um, Islands. Speaking of like cultural things, man, it's like soccer there. Oh yeah, it's like nuts because you get like yeah. you get like twenty teams just in Premier League. Then you have like all the other leagues, and every city has a team. Essentially, yeah. Every yeah. little village sometimes has mm-hmm. a team, and they're all super passionate about yeah. it. It's like like uh, my, that's because any team can make their yeah. way into well, right. the Premier League. Yeah. So and people like people live breathe for these teams. I mean, like the the games are on, and it's like, mm-hmm. what do you do? What, what, why do you got to ask what I'm doing tonight? Mm-hmm. I'm watching the game. Yeah. It's like it's as if like Friday Night Lights multiply that by like a thousand, and then like it's for professional soccer. So it happens more frequently. It's crazy mm-hmm. there. Like my sister was in London during a, um, you know, in, in London it's it's Chelsea, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and then Manchester United, big huge rivalry, huge rivalry, and. Uh, Man, he was in Chelsea or uh, was in London playing Chelsea, and like the roads were shut down. Yeah. It was like <laughs> can't drive down this road. Why? Be- well, why you ask? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you asking? You're clearly mm-hmm. a tourist if you don't if you don't know why we're shutting this road down. Mm-hmm. And they're like they were at the hotel, and um, they like ran into these these British women. It's super cute. These like ladies are like, oh, it's ladies weekend, and we like escape from her husband They're like oh where do you live like oh no not that far away from here but like we just get a hotel room mm-hmm. and have ladies begun and they're like oh you don't want to go out tonight they're like oh well why we're, we're like just stay here with us trust us and like, <laughs> like why is that like it's the chelsea you united or the uh, it's the chelsea man you game tonight if you go out you're going to see a bunch of drunk men getting in fist fights and you're not going to want them you're not going to want to come back here <laughs> and just like oh good to know <laughs> what so. did you what did you think of london Steven. Um, I really I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, yeah, and I'm not a, like a huge city person. Sure, I like like living outside of a city and being yeah. able to go there for like a day and then forget that it yeah. exists. Um, Smart. Yeah, <laughs> I I really liked how um, 
it didn't feel overwhelmingly huge. Yeah. You know? Like it is a huge city and it didn't feel that way when I was in there. So. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, it's like a huge city size wise. And like a lot of, a lot of the population is of, is really sw- spread apart mm-hmm. in like England and that whole, whole region. And it's well connected because mm-hmm. they have, brilliant train system there yeah. <laughs> better than anybody in the world but they would say brilliant brilliant <laughs> brilliant <laughs> bloody brilliant <laughs> my wife is not gonna enjoy listening to this podcast <laughs> she hates that i do accents she hates it yeah that's all right my wife none of my accents are good england. that's the speed of england the coronation was like two yeah. days ago wasn't it yeah anyone watch it no 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 <laughs> so you know my wife loves english like yeah everything mm-hmm. Yeah, I said, "Oh, it's a coronation." She's like, "No, it's not." I was like, uh, "Yeah, it is." Mm-hmm. She's like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "Do I know something about?" Bra- I'm sorry. I was, I was almost ashamed of myself that I knew. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry." Do I know that it's the British that it's the what, the coronation day of the king, and you don't? She's like, "It can't be." And I was like, "It's on right now." <laughs> so of course, yesterday she watched it, uh-huh. <laughs> like after the fact. But I was like, I'm ashamed that I know and you don't. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm embarrassed for you that mm-hmm. I know nothing about British culture. And you didn't even know it was a coronation, right? I don't know. She's been busy, but she was, she could have sworn it was in June. I was like, well, it's, what it's, kind of British fan are you? <laughs> it's, it, it's interesting that Americans, A, give a crap at right. all from the country that we <laughs> smacked around. And by smack around, I mean held out held on for dear life for four years and then got a help from friends <laughs> in Spain. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. We got the win. Uh, but it's also, I, I think we can appreciate, even though Charles is not our king, right. uh, and even and even Elizabeth wasn't our queen, um, there's a there's still goodness that there's still tradition like that yeah. in the world. I, I, can, um, I mean, kind of, because, yeah. Yeah, I can. I can, I can there's there's yeah. a goodness that the the tradition, not yeah. that it is the Church of England and it's Anglican, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird, and the monarchy is kind of ooh, right. and the royal family, you know, the ooh. tradition of it is cool. The the tradition part, I think it is good that there is yeah. tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everything about the tradition, there. I'm like opposed to, but the tradition, the tradition. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The tradition part of it uh, is cool. Is good. Another yeah. thing that I find interesting about world travel. I saw. I don't know if it was a meme or or whatever, um, but if you look at like a G seven summit or United mm-hmm. Nations, mm-hmm. Um, and you look around the room, you're gonna see a lot of different people, but you're gonna see a lot of suit and ties. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And fifty, sixty years ago, that wasn't the case. You look at like the traditional dress. Yeah. From all over the That's world so mm-hmm. is incredibly different. You think of traditional you know it, you think of even like a coronation you think of yeah. the things that king charles now wore at his coronation or you think of um you're talking about being in germany so you you know you think of the traditional later hose in mm-hmm. and the green hats with a feather in it and the, yep. you know the boots and kind of whatever and then everyone's like, walking around those things <laughs> then you think actually, of like yeah, <laughs> traditional chinese dress or traditional um, Japanese yeah. dress, kimonos, yeah. um, you know, even some of the headdresses of, like in Africa, yeah, um, mm-hmm. tribal cultures um, and how how they dressed. And you th- look at South America, Middle East right? too. Oh yeah, yeah, the Middle East. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, like salt, even like 
you think typically of like royal highest power of mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of dress um and how interesting it is that within a hundred years yeah not even less than that 60 years pre-world war ii japan was still wearing traditional dress the emperor yeah. was still hirohito wasn't wearing a suit and a tie no no um he was still wearing traditional garb um and in like 50 60 years it it all melded into suit and ties suit and ties yeah. it is an interesting observation and i I don't like that. No, no I, yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you there. I don't like that. I yeah. think it's. Mm-hmm. I think, like, when I was in high school, I was taking like you know your run of the mill citizenship class. <laughs> um, there was a part of the chapter that talked about America being a mosaic and not a melting pot, mm. because the melting mm. pot idea is, well, I mean it's not bad. Because there is some goodness to assimilation because you can you can go anywhere in America and you can look around and you can't tell the difference. You can't tell who's American and who's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? yeah. Which is really good. I think that's great. Um, but as a mosaic that we still don't lose the cultural heritages of the places that we are. And America's mm-hmm. so big that like, you know, the traditions we just talked about weddings. The traditions of the South are yeah. not the same as traditions here in the Midwest and in the mm-hmm. East and in the West. I'm sure, yep, yep. Um, and how that how there's there's a goodness to that, and there's a goodness that in the world we keep all of these cultural heritages that we have, yeah. while still being a part of the larger picture of humanity, right? Because humanity yeah. as a whole is good, and it should be good. Mm-hmm. And we should be work looking out for the goodness of humanity because we are this, you know, yeah. we are the superior species, right? Hum- humans themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that and I think that's super great, and I think we've kind of gotten away from that. And that, especially in America, if you aren't a part of that culture, you're not supposed to take part in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's not like I want to go out and I want to like. We talk about Stephen. You talked about listening to like J-pop. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a cultural phenomenon from a place that is not the United States. I really enjoy traditional Japanese music. Mm-hmm. I'm not from Japan. I probably will never go to Japan um, because it's a very xenophobic country. Uh, but I think that that's super good that we can access different cultures and take part in celebrating them mm-hmm. and how. Yeah. For some people, do not like that I, as a white man, are participating in cultures that are not my own. I think that's that's a huge misstep. We don't yeah. have to all be the same while also staying in our own little yeah in our own yeah. little corners. It's good to keep. You know, even think about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Like it would be super great if everybody was Catholic, <laughs> because that's what Catholic means universal. But there's a goodness to still being Catholic and holding on to our traditions, but also um, still talking to our Christian brothers and sisters, right. especially our Protestant brothers and mm-hmm. sisters, yeah. our Baptist brothers and sisters, because we all are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. still Christianity. Yeah. You're missing it. They're missing a piece. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, we don't, that's not good, but 
it's better that we hold on to that piece that we still have. You can mm-hmm. build off of that. Yeah. But if you let go of it, it's lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for real. For real. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's weird. So what I'm saying is we should get kimonos, John, and wear kimonos. I think I could pull it off. I don't. I I don't think I could. I know. No. I don't know what it is. I think I maybe I need to get more buff. You know. I feel like even if we did, we still. I don't know. I don't think we'd. Yeah. I was joking when I said I think I look good in it. I don't think I would. We should. We should do it though. That's. I don't know if I. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if my wife would look at me the same. Well, I mean, you know, sickness and health, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. She just would be like, Why? I'm not saying we Why go out in public. I'm not, I'm not saying you and I get those umbrellas no. that they also have and like I walk, was go all walk down A Street in <laughs> old wooden sandals that they have and kimonos and hang out. Oh, I was going to go like, all in. No, I'm saying we could still do that. Oh, but okay. we just do the next pod. We just do the podcast in kimonos. It's a thought. It's a thought. Let me let me it's let me thought. let it marinate. <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> let it let it sit for a little bit. Let me let me think about it. That's when I ask you to like hang out. Let me think about it. Let me let's marinate. Let's think about it. Let me see. I gotta see. <laughs> Check with the wife. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know. Oh yeah, I give that answer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, I understand. I give that answer to everybody who's not in my immediate friend group. That's right. <laughs> let me check with my wife. I don't want to hang out with you. That's not true. I, whenever anybody offers to hang or wants, like, invites me to something, I go. Yeah. I think I think that's good. And we don't have community otherwise. You know? That's right. That's not a dig at anybody. It's just what I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a good time. Any, any, anywhere you still want to travel, though? Um, you think, Steven? Oh, yeah. Definitely Italy. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I'd like to see parts of Asia, but, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. You're a tall guy. You're I a big am, guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I really like birds, so I want to go to New Zealand. Nice. Yeah, yeah New Zealand would be pretty I, cool. You uh, play board games? Um, I do, yeah. Have you heard of the best game in the world called Wingspan? I, yes, I own it. Yeah. <laughs> good game. It's a good game. Yeah, it's a great yeah, game. Yeah. It's it's the best game. <laughs> it's the best, it's the it's best, best game. game it's the best game. Okay. <laughs> People tell me all the time. Best game. <laughs> I think Elizabeth and I play that at least twice a month. Yeah, it's the only, it's the only game yeah. uh, that we played. Like once we started playing it, we've consistently played it the entire time. It's a replayable it. game. Yeah, because there's yeah. so many, there's so many John, there's so many birds, dude. Yeah, birds aren't real though. So <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Okay, so sorry. So now that so, COVID's <laughs> over, all the birds are going to go away, right? So you because know, like, they were just government plants. You know, like the like super, super crazy conspiracy that like, birds aren't real, right? Like you see it online. It's like birds are real, blah, 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 blah. So, so uh, there's a, and I think it's S-I-E-M-E-N-S, right? That, that's like a Siemens uh, 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 science. Like it's a big science group. Mm-hmm. S-I-E-M-A-N-S? S-I-E-M-A-N-S. Oh, right? S-I, there is about acai bears. No. <laughs> no. I was like, so look they, at me, I can <laughs> pronounce acai. They, they created, and I, don't, I do not know how I feel about this. Actually, I'm probably pretty opposed. They took dead birds. <laughs> I love it already. And turned them into drones. I saw this, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did see that. <laughs> and so the... So the 
<laughs> so the internet was fantastic for about a week. People were like, this just confirms birds aren't real. So, and like people were like, oh no, the birds aren't real. People are going to just go to town on this. And do, so, Do you think if you saw a bird, quote unquote a bird, <laughs> flying in the air that you'd be able to tell if it was dead or not? If it was real or if not? If it was dead or not, yeah. Oh, dead? Oh, oh no, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, if it was a drone one, if it was really, well, it's like high, really up? high in the air, like oh. not the birds that hang out in your backyard that are oh. still like the birds that they allow out of the cages, right? <laughs> Before they send out the drones. <laughs> but yeah, if it was a really high drone one, absolutely not. Definitely not. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. Did they yeah. use the wings to fly or were they, did they Yeah, the, the wings. Okay. Yeah, they're actually like flapping wings. <laughs> so like, it's not like isn't just rig- like this like bird, like rigor mortis, like stop that. No, well, they figure out a way to do it, man, with technology. It's like a robot bird, but it's a real it's bird. It's a robot bird, but in the husk. <laughs> but it's a real bird, <laughs> man. Dead bird. Yeah, it's freaking weird. Man. I suppose uh, bird, <laughs> birds have like hollow bones. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're quite malleable. I was like, bit. first off, not sure how I feel about this. Like, yeah. I'm not a PETA person. Don't get me wrong. No, re- like, there's a re- line. You know, there's re- a line. <laughs> you're not reanimating the corpses. I I know, but like it feels weird, man. Like let the birds just die, become one with the earth, and I, then whatever. How do you, you know? feel about like mounted heads for like deer and stuff? I mean, like it, okay, here's the thing: if, if you shoot it and you want to like show it, like whatever. But like you're taking dead birds, which are like first off, how are you finding these dead birds? Are you killing yourselves for this purpose, or are you just finding them on the side of the road? And then you're turning it into a drone. I don't. know. It just feels too much. Like. There's a like a technology like technology is cool. I get it. We need it. It's a necessity. But like what's that? What if the bird gave its body to science? (laughs) (laughs) Sign a waiver. If you've got a parrot I volunteer to become a drone when I'm dead. If you have a if you've (laughs) got if you have a pet if you have a pet, yeah, right? Okay. So you know, you got a pet bird or whatever, and the bird dies, can you give it to science? I don't know. Sure. Does the I government guess. come in and buy all the pet? Is that why you have to have a will for your parrot so the government doesn't take it? I don't know. Like parrot, because parrots you need a will for your parrot. Yeah, parrots they live, so, live long. so long. You need to have them in your will because if you what? die, the parrot's still going to live for 30, 40 years. Oh my goodness, I did not know that. So like, otherwise, does the government I'm take not it, kill it, and then make a drone out of it? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, yeah. I, <laughs> They are now. Yeah. Hey, man. It's the yeah. easiest conspiracy theory to believe. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's the easiest to believe. Because that birds he, aren't here, real. Here's, here's, here's the rub. And we're really stepping into Joe Rogan territory now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, here's the rub. So, what? like, what if All right. okay, the, the scientists that made this drone yeah. dead bird okay. made that to make it look like, oh, they're using dead birds to just create oh. these drones. How we'd be able to tell fully. So you think like that's where they are, but okay. instead the government is so far technologically advanced. Oh, like this instead, is like a distraction. Like, from it's the a fact. distraction. Yeah. Like, oh, look where they're at. They can't even yeah. use real birds. But instead, the, real the government, birds the real birds, are, are still the... drones. But you can't tell Bruh. because you think that they're that far behind. Oh my gosh, oh. I'm at the. Dissect a bird now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> That's why aliens, aliens, yeah. all government created, 
to distract you from the fact that they have no idea what's going on at all. So yeah. instead, they're creating. <laughs> I don't actually have any <laughs> understanding on 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 aliens or government conspiracies like conspiracies like that. Church's position on aliens is that uh, yeah, sure, maybe I don't know. Yeah, what is the church? Oh, well, I mean, do you know? Yeah, well, that was one of the weirdest conversations I ever had was with a, ph- a philosophy teacher about whether or not like there are other like universes where yeah like their theology they worship god but like their theology is like completely different and it would be like scandalous for us to like know or like they haven't right. had the fall or like it was a very weird conversation but okay. like pretty much the church is just kind of like there might be yeah i don't know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right god created humans like the yeah. ones that we like but like we don't necessarily know if he was like yeah what about these people yeah, <laughs> like I'm also creepy. I don't. I guess right. Like, like God's. Enemies. Well, I guess like to a could. Point, though, that, like, <laughs> I don't know. If he wanted to. I guess in 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 our story, humanity is the pinnacle of creation because we're right. um, we're physical and spiritual, but in a different universe. <sighs> Bro, yeah. Don't get me started on like like the, the idea of like space and universe, man. Like it's just like it's a thing. It's like it's, I don't even you know it's. It's infinite. And God it is God. Me. God's out. God's outside of it anyway, so oh, right, it doesn't yeah. even matter. Right. I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's one of those questions. Where, Aliens, though. Uh, the priest that taught me religion in high school, he'd always go like, "Is it necessary for your salvation?" And then if the answer is no, then he's like, "Then why would I have an answer for that?" <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be, in, it'd be it would be interesting to to think of like. I mean, it it throws a lot of our theology out the window mm-hmm. because Jesus's death on the cross once and for all for all uh, is g- gets mega murky if you start thinking about other yeah. creation. It's fair, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But in a different universe, under different laws of physics, mm-hmm. under a different you know time technically yeah. too, under a different time, yeah, yeah. whether there's even time in that other universe. Um, what if? Like they're all, I mean, they're the idea is that like one of the ideas is that all the universe, there are multi universes, but they all overlap. Mm-hmm. Oh. So instead all the universes are happening at the same time. So it would have to be infinite. Right. But you could say maybe it is countable. Right. So there's a thousand universes happening at the same time and they're overlapping. So you and me are having this conversation 1000 different ways at the same time, <laughs> but there's still one death. Jesus's death on the cross is still once and once for all right. yeah. because it happens in all universes at the same time. Even if you and I are acting differently in different universes, Jesus still dies on the cross right. and still is resurrected in mm. the same way in all the universes. Um, I feel like we're getting this like the multiverse of madness here, man. Like it's like really. I didn't Marvel, see that. I didn't see that movie. Mul- <laughs> yeah, a lot of universes combining here. Yeah, and but it, but. There's a, <laughs> there's still a goodness and like Jesus still dies for all. Well, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. the thing. And it's still, it's still you and me, but making different conversations. I, then again, maybe this is trippy, man. for, for it's all trippy. of our dozens of listeners. Um, this is the only universe in which humbly speaking is a podcast. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe there's another universe where this is a much bigger podcast. <laughs> no, no, no this is the best no, one. This humbly. Is, this is humbly. Humbly. This is the best. Yeah, this is out peak. of. All the others, humbly speaking, in all the universes. All the other the universes. Best one. Humbly. Are you, a vid- are you a video game guy? 
Um, I always wanted to be, but uh-huh. we never like had a lot. So mm. like now that I'm like on my own and I have money a little bit, but go ahead. Yeah. What What do you What do you What do you What do you got? Oh, I really like um, open world RPGs. Okay. Yeah. So like uh, Stardew Valley, that kind of thing. Um, Minecraft. Yeah, like Minecraft and like. Uh, <laughs> that was what I did mostly in high school. Okay. Um, like. Like Horizon is one that I'm playing. Horizon sure, Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like that. Well, I, I enjoyed that game. That's a that's a fun one. Yeah, no, that's a fun one. Not a game. No, yeah, you're missing you're missing it. I, I know. know. It's a it's a it's yeah. a great storytelling device. Yeah, it, it yeah, really is. Fair. It. Not opposed it, to it. It makes because the 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 talk that we're having about these universes are happening at the same time makes me think of cyclical universes. Yeah, which makes me think of Bioshock Infinite. Just a phenomenal game. If you're into steampunk, that's mm. a mm. that's a good it, mm. uh, that is. Well, it's very patriotic. It's also um, has that kind of aesthetic to it. There you so, go. Yeah, you should get into video games, John. Come on, you got yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> not <around the> time. <laughs> not right now, at least. Not right now. Not right now. Not right now. No, 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 no. no. You got to be a nurse practitioner. Someday, yeah, I just finished my last semester, or not my last semester, I'm sorry, last, uh, my fourth semester, I got two more. Two months of freedom. Kind of, yeah. Except, like, all of your weekends are full forever. I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, yay, freedom, and then I was, like, looking, I'm like, well, I have, like, two free open weekends for the next forever, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, life is busy. Life is busy. We, I mean, we just, we just had, Elizabeth and I just had a conversation a couple months ago. Maybe it was half a year. We're like, oh man, I wonder when the next wedding we're going to have is. And then, of course, we thought of um, Julia, mm-hmm. who we've had on the podcast, uh, was the only person we could think of. And it was like, maybe, maybe, six months, uh, oh. half a year. It was, must have been before Bill got engaged. Oh, okay. Um, all of a sudden, we we're like, oh, I guess it would just kind of be Julia, I guess, if she ever, you know, like, hawkers down, you know. Was, I think she was maybe still dating her fiance. Um, all of a sudden, we have five. Five weddings this, this year. Just yet. Five. Five. You're yeah. popular, dude. I got like no. I got one. <laughs> I got I've invited it. As a, two. I, look, I'm, I'm not popular. My oh, yeah, lovely wife go. is. Yeah. yeah. And I just get to tag along for the ride. Yeah. That being said, I do know everybody that is getting married, but nice. It wouldn't have been invited had it not for her. her. So it's uncomfortable <laughs> being at weddings where like you're you're invited yeah. as a date. And you know nobody. I've been. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. Yeah, my was me. yeah. It was great. It was fun. But I was like, oh my gosh, I know nobody. Well, I felt I felt bad. One of my closest friends, just one of my closest friends in high school, she got married and she invited us to our wedding. I just started at Schneider, so like, I didn't want to drive to St. Paul and then yeah, drive back and then go to my new job. It was. Um, I felt bad because like she was at our wedding and she was at like other people's weddings that I was at. Um, yeah, it's just like people outside of my immediate community, like we get invited to a wedding. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't <laughs> like I really appreciate it, but I'm like, we're not close. I'm not. Yeah, going. it's fair. It's, it's fair. But like all the weddings that we, we have coming up, like I know these people. Nice. They're Catholic. Those are always fun. And they're, they're Catholic, which helps. <laughs> yeah. But like then it's like, yeah, we're going to go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, oh, two hours, 15 minutes. No way. Those are rookie numbers. Got to pump those up. 
It's not even like it's not even halfway through like Lord of the Rings extended edition. Well, I think like <laughs> I think like when 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 we have somebody like Stephen, like you've been a creative Catholic your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, you you, I mean, we didn't really talk too much about your your faith journey itself, but um, I would imagine, and stop me if I'm wrong, but like if it's a pretty solid faith journey, um, you think of someone like you, Stephen, then where where we have a lot of theological questions you know there's questions about music questions about your job how are you like in the parish here because it's good to have you on the podcast because you're a part of the parish and that's mm-hmm. how people see you and then we have someone like sam johnson on mm-hmm. or jacqueline who have like these um, incredible faith stories and how they found god yeah mm-hmm. yeah um you know whereas whereas someone like you john or someone like you Stephen, like you guys not saying that you didn't have any rough patches, but like that's a different situation. Yeah, it's a little mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah, and the 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 story isn't how you got to where you already are. It's what are you doing now, which mm-hmm. is a different conversation than how did you find God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like it's 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 a lot different. easier for these situations to go longer because we could just have a conversation. Yeah. Um, instead of About, listening to a story yeah. and then like diving into the story and diving into the feelings that were in that story. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's why our, that's, that's why our podcast is so good. John. It's so great. <laughs> so great. I thought, 4.7 stars. Have you ever listened yeah, to five. an episode? Yeah, you do. I, I do. I listened do? to, uh, actually Laura was, I was mowing the lawn the other day and I was listening to uh, the <laughs> Sam episode, um, Sam's episode. And she was like, why were you smiling while mowing the lawn? <laughs> like, where were you listening you to a joke you made? Yeah, no, it was like there was some couple jokes. There was some fun. There was some funny moments in that episode, like just like in this episode too. Like we always have a couple laughs, and uh, I was like, I was listening to the podcast. Like, oh, it was. I was like, why is he laughing all the time? Like, what is he listening to? I have to listen to them once because yeah. I have to make sure that it all sounds good. A, yeah. and we don't speak any heresy that I catch on the second time. Around. Don't think yeah. we've had any. I, not yet. Okay. Not yet. There's yeah. been some things that I've cut here and there, but sure. Uh, just because they're irrelevant or, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about somebody that eh, I don't really think they want to be talked about in the podcast. Mm, sorry. Um, yeah, so I have to listen to them once to do that. And then I just kind of like, eh. I yeah. don't really want to listen to them again because I've got my own podcast that I like to listen to. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I like my own music that I like to yeah. listen to. And, and you lived in the moment. It's sort of like one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't have to look back on like, it's like going to like a sporting event. And be like, I don't have to like watch the game again. I was there. Yeah, I do that for Packer games though. Yeah. If I go to a Packer game, I watch the highlights because oh, okay. um, where my, where I normally sit, my buddy's got season tickets, uh, and just it's a good amount of the I, a nice amount of the time, like once a year maybe. He's gracious enough to like invite me to a game and yeah. I buy beer and food, and he just where I get to go to the game. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, sometimes. Um, like it's a really really great seat. We could see the entirety of the field, um, but I do like watching the game again and getting the, the commentary because yeah, you able stuff. to see stuff. Yeah, you miss it's stuff. really easy to miss. That's fair. It's really easy to miss stuff. And I can't really see like what's going on on the, on the line. Yeah. You know, fair. who is really winning, you know, especially if you're thinking from a fantasy perspective, you know, it's a lot harder to focus on somebody <laughs> when you're not watching it live on oh, yeah. the thing. Like I can tell that Amon Ross St. Brown got a lot of distance on the Packers last year from the stands Right, but when you watch it in real time on TV, you're like, "Oh man, that was 
awful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So that's fair. Yeah, I think too. I think yeah, too. I think that's so like being at a sporting event, and then you know, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I go to the. I mean, you, you're a musical guy, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen musicals. I mean, I've been to Hamilton. Yeah, but I still listen to Hamilton. No, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, yeah. The music is different, though. I guess. Yeah, I think music is different. It's yeah. sort of different. It's a totally different ball game. Yeah, yeah. Pun intended. Do you play any other instruments other than cello? Um, piano, and I studied voice. Um, kind of play clarinet, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever would you ever consider cantering, or is that too much? Um, I've cantered a couple times here or there. Um, just cause. Just. Yeah, they needed somebody. Yeah. And you First were... time I did it, it was like for for here. It was Christmas Eve, and they were like, "There's no canner." Oh and my I'm goodness! Like, oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> so and I'm like, okay, all right, Christmas Eve, no pressure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll do it if there's time. I don't want to like fill up everything yeah. all the time, but like, yeah. yeah. Is that like a certain music that you like to sing to? Oh. I like, um, like big band jazz. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Nice, dude. <laughs> like, uh, uh, Rat Pack kind of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love, I love that Christmas album, man. Oh. Nothing beats the Rat Pack Christmas dude, album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I really also really like Bing Crosby's Christmas album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So that when I have the, have a fire going, doing a puzzle, listen to the big band. Yeah. Last man. year, Elizabeth's like, what? You're like I'm living my life. She was baking. She's baking cookies with headphones and listening to something else. And you're like I am living the dream. Like this is this is fine. Did it matter that Frank Sinatra was probably drunk? Doesn't matter. It sounds really. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) The product itself was great. Okay. I think I I yeah I, I I would agree. That's some fun stuff to to yeah. To sing to. Do you have any guilty pleasure music? You're like, like <laughs> people knows would people me. would make fun of me for. Um, not that we would. Yeah. Because no. I can tell you mine if it makes you feel better. Honestly, it's like really bad, like 2010s, like really light pop. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like um, Rihanna or like Rebecca Black's like. Oh. Like uh, it's Friday, yeah, Friday. Like, yeah, that stuff. like that kind of, yeah, like that era. Yeah. You know what? Whatever, it's fun. Sometimes you just yeah. need to like feel like you're ten, ten years younger. Again. Yeah, it's sometimes you gotta like just feel like you're Is that back where we're in at high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. need to just feel ten <laughs> years younger. I feel like you're back in high school again, just living living yeah. life, man. Yeah. Sometimes I do that. I like pull up the 2010s hits, and I'm like, I listened to this yeah. <laughs> unironically back in the day. <laughs> I really like uh, my mine is uh, Lord. Oh, oh yeah, I love Lord. Yeah, except okay, mine. Okay, I like sixty six percent of her stuff. Sixty six point six repeating of her stuff. Yeah, Solar Pal- Power is an awful album, and I hate it. Uh, but Melodrama is one of the greatest indie indie albums of all time. I like folk music like sometimes. Oh nice. Oh yeah. Like I don't know if Mum. Yeah. Okay, Mumford and Sons old stuff, not new stuff, because yeah, they yeah. like. They like caved and then they yeah. they didn't become folk music anymore. So they're mm-hmm. old stuff. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now they're like not folk music. So mm-hmm. now I don't listen to them. Yeah. Um. But, I really we really like the Family Crest. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Beneath the Brine is a great album. Mm. If you're if you're looking for some good folk, if you're <laughs> if you're looking for some good folk music and Christian slash, I think it's Catholic on the Hallow app. Yeah, mm. there's a uh, it's folk like is that brother Catholic Isaiah? music? I don't know who it is. Brother Isaiah is really good. Maybe I don't know, but it's it's fantastic. I was like, mm-hmm. <gasps> I found yeah. I found it. Stand up comedians. You like stand up at all? No, comedy makes me feel like socially awkward. Really? Like, I really can't stand watching. Makes like, you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah, like that's, why, so that's why you've been so uncomfortable this entire podcast because <laughs> exactly. John and I are so funny. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. It's like I can gauge how like good a sitcom is if I can like make it through the pilot or not. Oh, what, sure. So yeah. what's a, what's a, so do you know like any comedy like shows either? Like, like television shows? Yeah. So which can you get through a sitcom comedy? Um, like which one is doable for you? Yeah, like I watched Frasier. Um, okay. Yeah, and then like I was able to make it through. We watched Big Bang Theory too. Okay. Um, and then I was able to make it through like three episodes of Schitt's Creek, which is like the longest of anything yeah, else that I've been I, able to watch. I know. I want to like it so bad. Yeah. Like it's one of those shows where like I want to like this, and I and I kind of get why, yeah. but at the same time I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. It's like like Arrested people. Development. It's isn't like it? Canadian. It's Canadian humor too, which I because mm-hmm. the writers are from Canada, and it's very much Canadian humor. And I'm like, I uh, like there's funny moments. There's moments where yeah. I'm like, oh, that's funny, but then I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like yeah. the episode itself is like whatever. I don't know yeah. why people think this is funny, yeah. but apparently. And this is one of those things where, like, if I have to, because my sister watched it, and she's like, you got to wait till season three. I'm like, I'm not watching two full seasons (laughs) of a show just for it to get good. I'll give it a season. Yeah. I'll give it a season. You know, like The Mm -hmm. Office season one, which I'm sure you can't even get through, like, an episode of The Office. No, I watched one. Yeah. The first season. Yeah, like, I can't do this. That's totally fair. (laughs) Um, Like, season one, not good. Yeah. Always Sunny was like that too. Yeah, where it's like, okay, give it a season. Mm-hmm. Season two though, good. It starts to get good. Yeah, you know, and a lot of sh- a lot of shows are like that. Even mm-hmm. not comedies, like even yeah. like uh, drama shows, whatever investigative shows, like you got to give it a year. But like, if I need to watch two plus seasons, I'm not watching it. Yeah. No, <laughs> I might as well start watching it season three. Yeah, why not? But I don't know what's gonna happen in season one and two because there is a plot to shit. Ask, ask questions. Yeah. About it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a plot to it. It's not like one of those like a com- comedy. Like, it's not like The Office where it's like okay, you could kind of like just start when like you could start in season. Yeah, there's two an underlying. Plot. Yeah, like there's an underlying plot like Pam, Jim, whatever. But like, who cares? Yeah, you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? Like, you know, you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, <laughs> now we've beat, be- not beaten, but yeah, got a little longer. Um, my wife did text me, so she's like, "Are you guys almost done?" <laughs> I think she, I think she maybe thought we were dead. So, oh, all right. uh, it's good that we're we, here. It's yeah. good. Yeah, we're not For right dead. now. We're, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I could die on the way home. I guess that's true. Yep. Yeah, always got to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we should be ready to end this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been well, a pleasure. Uh, yeah, Stephen, thanks so much for coming on, man. I yeah, absolutely appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow at Life Team. Oh yeah, because that never never ends. <laughs> It doesn't. It's 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 great. Yeah. We're gonna do it all summer. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's gonna be super cool, sick. Man. Give the kids an opportunity to hang out. Yeah. Continue going to Life Teen and cool baby and then. some more social stuff. It'd be super sick. Sick. So if you would like to be like Stephen, um, 
We have some emails out there. I think John. Yeah. John's been doing more. some some planning, some scheduling. So yeah, I'm trying to, to do my part. Shout out to John. He's doing a great job. Man. <laughs> You scheduled this one and called me and asked me if we were doing this tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't see your car and I'm like, am I still on for this? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just looked at um, the email, confirmed the time. <laughs> if you like to be like Steven, you can contact us at humblyspeakingpod at gmail.com. I think that is also up on the parish website in the our podcast part, yeah. which is on the banner on the top of the webpage. Um, but please, please pray for us. Uh, we are praying for you. Uh, praise be Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.